Once a coveted shipping port, this town has seen its share of tragedy. Centuries-old tales of torture, the wealthy elite sneaking around the law, and the unsettled dead rising to make their presence known. But in this quaint seaside town lies a spooky place that has offered refuge for the living and the dead since Prohibition. When you stop in for a drink, will you end up seeing a specter among the six-packs? This week's episode is The Haunted History of Bunghole Liquors. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. said what I said. I said bunghole liquors, and I'm not a, I'm not ashamed of it. Got some delicious uh rum in a can from yeah. here. It was like a rum cocktail in a can. It was it was great. This was a suggestion from your favorite coworker. Well, yes. your favorite well, previous coworker, I hope. Former former yes. coworker. Favorite former coworker. Yes. Uh yes, uh Stotts is what we called him. He's the one that I had the toaster mm-hmm. in his face. It would print his face on the toast. I gave him that toaster eventually after I quit that job. <laughs> But yeah, he lives up there now. He took a job up there. So he said, I don't know if you're, I don't know how you feel about bunghole liquors, but. Say no more. Say less, bro. We got you. Say less. That's all we had to hear. Trying to incorporate more Gen Z lingo into my everyday talk. I love that. Uh, Well, he he was not wrong because it took us to Salem. We Mm -hmm. had a Salem adventure, Uh, which you will hear all about our. Uh, harrowing uh, psychic reading. We Yikes. recount that with great detail in this episode. <laughs> and we later learned that she is not the most credible in yeah. Salem. We didn't know going in, but it made for a great story. Now when we go back, we know where to go. Yeah. But it's been a bucket list of both of ours to go to Salem forever. And mm-hmm. it was so much fun. The weather was nice. Just the whole city has this really nice kind of spooky, positive energy about it. I loved all of the stores, our haunted tour at night. Yes. Can't forget about that. We definitely recount our haunted tour. And I actually just, it's funny you say that. It's my co- favorite coworker said, hey, my sister's coming to town. We're thinking about going to Salem. I said, I've got the tour for oh, you. Oh, he and was I great. Send the link. I said, it was phenomenal. We loved What is it? Professor... Nicodemus? Professor Nicodemus Watley or something yes, that like that. Was he, was, he was fantastic. I, I think about him maybe once a week at the very His least. His pictures pop up on my phone <laughs> weekly, so I'm always thinking about Professor Nicodemus. Yeah. Fantastic. So a person fun. that has master's degrees in like ghost history, mm-hmm. that's a person who I want to give me the tour. And that's what we got. So we were able to share that. We were able to go to Bunghole Liquors yep. and talk with uh, a gentleman who had – I talked with one guy that had – uh, incidents in the store and the other guy who had incidents at home. We chatted with him as well. So we will recount that for you in the episode as well. This was a fun one to get into the history of Boston. And it is quite a privilege for a town to have so much written history that we were able to go back and find the actual 
they had locations listed almost like a directory, like a city directory. And those are all on, you know, Ancestry.com, newspapers, all these archives that there's like scanned copies that we could see. Okay, in 1912, this building was here and the next year it moved and then go and find uh, first person interviews that have been conducted with people who have now passed on about what it was like. So we're uh, this was a really good like digging into history Mm -hmm. one. Uh, And then also we snickered every time we said the name. (laughs) And also we got amazing crystals and spells and just fueled our witchy souls with all of the the greatness of Salem and such good food at Bostonia. Oh, man. And if you check out the latest Patreon video of me ranking all of the Bloody Marys from around the country... That one's on there, and I got some hot opinions on it. It's a it's a fun time. Uh, you had very very good Bloody Marys in Boston, and you had one that you talk about. It's like a running gag throughout. It was <laughs> running gag. The literally. single like, worst Bloody Mary I've ever had in forty three years. The video is great because you initially go, "It wasn't very good," and the next one you go, "It's the worst one we've had on a trip," <laughs> and then later on you're like, "This is the worst Bloody Mary I've had in my life." <laughs> It's like with every new one you drank, you're like, I'm thinking back to that. Oh, Fuck that I Bloody couldn't Mary stop Boston. thinking about it. It it was a wild ride. So check to clarify, out- it was not Bostonia. You no, have no, to no. Subscribe no. to Patreon. You check the video out to see what we're talking about mm-hmm. and how you can save yourself from a bad Bloody Mary in and Boston find the good and- ones too. Find the good ones, mm-hmm. sucking down the good ones, but. This was such a fun trip because we got to really – we went so many days in advance, so we really mm-hmm. got to sightsee, spend time in Salem, and get a feel for what the city's like. Even, even that, though, though, we did no. not do all the stuff we wanted to do, so we got to go back, which I'm very much willing to do. Oh, it was just an appetizer. This was like a – wasn't even an appetizer. We had like Sa- Yes, we had a mouche boost of Salem, mm-hmm. and we went the buffet. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> But we'll go back. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and Boston. Think, Boston's great, too. Oh, I love Boston. I will say it's uh, – we've had our spells that we got in Salem. We should do those this week in honor of we releasing should. the Salem episode. Oh, yeah. Well, the the one that we got is supposed to be done on a Thursday. So we'll do it. So we'll have this, to release it next Thursday. Or not the ep- release, release the spell. The Perform the spell. Out. The episode will come out Wednesday as normal. Yes, you're going to hear this on Wednesday, but mm-hmm. that's a good idea. Then we can harness the power of everyone thinking about us in Salem oh, and our energy yeah. in Salem for our spells. That's good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we um, had a great time. Laugh Boston was uh, a great club. The whole everybody we met was nice. It's just up there is so nice. And the history, because we have history here in Dallas, but not like you guys up there. So it's it is very cool to go up and just see the buildings and the architecture and how everything hasn't been bulldozed and made to look brand new. They mm-hmm. preserve their history and really honor it and um, you know, cherish it and are proud of it. So it's it's very cool. It was very cool. It's, uh, again, one of the ones that we love to research because we love to go to a place. So I feel like mm-hmm. we always have better stories anytime we actually get to visit a place. So we think you will love it. And again, like Christy said, thanks to Laugh Boston. Such a great venue. And everybody that came to the Boston show, we had so much fun meeting you and then meeting you afterwards. And the, if I recall correctly, this is the one where in the 
Judge Christie portion that someone has wet specimens, and I'm pretty sure we're Instagram friends, but I want to accidentally yes. <laughs> say the wrong person. But send us those wet spest pics if you haven't oh, yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is this <laughs> the one where the I learn all about what a wet specimen is? I think it might be. Yeah. I think so. I did not know what that was. In See, we all oh. learn together. Oh, my God. And this is the one with the road pie. Oh, yeah. Oh, the road pie. Oh. I'm, just, I'm so excited for you, listener. That's listening a good to this right Yeah. Now. It's a very good learn, Judge Christie. Yeah, it is. Learn of road pie. Oh, Boston, <laughs> you brought it. You brought it all and more. You did. Yeah. Road pie sounds like some weird sex move. Is it? You got to listen to the <laughs> Judge Christie to find out. <laughs> Hello, hello. What's up? Hi. What a crowd, what a town. What a crowd, what a town. That That's your motto, right? That's what you, that's what everybody says. I learned today the phrase wicked pissa, so we're having a wicked pissa tonight. Yeah. I asked a man selling t-shirts at what was the place called? Faneuil Hall. Faneuil Hall. The t-shirt guy said, let me know if I can help you with anything. And I said, will you tell me what a wicked pisser is? <laughs> he was like, ah, wicked pisser, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're doing it tonight. We're wicked pissing tonight. We're wicked pissing we all do. over this place. It's what we do before every episode anyway, so now we yep. just have a name for it. Also, first time we've ever drank on stage, so, so we'll see what happens. Boston. We gotta get a wicked piss. We had to get an angry orchard. That's right. You got you got, you're in fucking Boston. You better drink an angry orchard. Don't be a fucking pussy. Fucking get yourself Sam an angry Adams. Orchard. Sam Adams, get out of here. We um, have been doing y'all's accent for 48 hours, and we Sorry. love it so much. Sorry about that. Yeah. So yeah. if it sneaks in, it's because that's we've win in Rome. It's part of us now. It's become part of. It has are. become part of us because we uh, flew into Salem Saturday, so we've been, we've been in here the, a hot minute in the area since Saturday. Yeah, we've been here a hot minute, and we uh, we did all kinds of spooky things in Salem. So, uh, great place. Uh, definitely want to go back specifically at Halloween. Yeah. It was a lot. It was everything I thought it would be. Except we did not get invited to a coven meeting. That was the only thing that didn't happen. But um, we did have a very fun haunted tour yes. with Professor Nicodemus N- Waitley. Nicodemus Waitley. <laughs> He's the greatest person I've ever met. I love him. His fly was down the whole time. We loved him, though. and Nobody I, knew but us. Well, everybody knew but him, actually. Actually, that's what that's the yeah. thing. I was, I'm not going to lie to you all, I indulged in a marijuana chew beforehand. And, of course, Massachusetts legal. Thank you all for that. Um, I take a tiny notebook with me everywhere I go, and I take notes on everything. And, I was, and he goes, are you taking notes? And I said, I take notes on everything I do. Because I was very high and only getting higher. And later I was listening so intensely to his story that I started mirroring his actions. And he was like... Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? No, I love you. By the way, he's not English. We don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know that. But he sure identified as an Englishman on the tour. He did. He kept going, when we came.
came up, and I'm like, you're fucking American. Don't yeah. say we. Oh, version of Clue. And I was like, you're like your family's version? <laughs> oh, you mean British. You mean British. Mm-hmm. It was bad. A, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. It was, it. Tommy declared it the best tour he's ever been on. Yeah, it was so, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Well, earlier in the day, we saw a lot of people walking around taking tours, and there were some people that were like, yeah, that house is haunted. There's a ghost in there. And then we see this gentleman walking with really cool satin vest on being like, and a cane also ghost. does not need. He's like, the ghosts are terrible. I don't know. And I was like, I really hope we get the British guy later. And we did. It was fate. It was fate. Went so well. So Yeah, we had a bunch of snacks that we bought at their place. Yeah, we got in trouble. And then he kept snack shaming me. And he was like, are you going to be eating those the whole time? And I was like, maybe. I don't know. For sure. He's like, what have you got in that bag? I was like, Reese's? Okay, I'll allow it. I was like sneaking M&M's just like very (laughs) And then we just chew and be like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm, I'm not eating anything, I'm not eating anything. But I was very much eating stuff. Yeah, I was like, you sold me the snack, don't shame me for eating the snack. Mm-mm. If I want to make eye contact with you while I'm shoving a Snickers bar in my mouth, I'm going to do it, and you're welcome for it. So i got to figure out how to navigate this bottle with this. Maybe I'll switch it to the other side. There we go. That was an easy fix. There we go. I like a right hand grab. Than I it would be. If this yeah. spills on my laptop. How do I drink when this is over here? I want to drink. Can't like go this. with the left hand. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna spill it. Oh, yeah. That's it's not an easy fix because I'm right-handed and I'm very clumsy. So we'll see. Spatial awareness. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yo, yeah. Get a, I need long a beer helmet. Straw. That, a beer helmet. Oh, a beer helmet would be fun. You guys sell those in uh, f- f- where were we? Square. Daniel Hall. Finale, Finale Square. <laughs> Faniel Hall. Square. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we've had a lovely time in your cities, and uh, once again, I was recognized in a public restroom. <laughs> so Always two happens. for two. The only times I've been recognized, both in not only public but at restaurants. Yes. And yes. Waiting. You are waiting to go in, and they're either letting mm-hmm. you go in front of them, or yeah, you did it's the like dance. It's like the most awkward place you could run into someone yeah. that's like, "Oh, hi," and you're like, um, "I really, I would love to talk, but we all know why I'm here. I'm gonna blast off. So if you could leave, yeah, because it's very awkward to do this in front of someone. I don't want anyone to hear me go to the bathroom, but not anyone that knows like the name of my husband and my. You know, deep secrets that I have. Although, I guess that's the best person to hear you go to the bathroom. Because they already love you. Well, one list. Where were we? Raleigh? Where they had to hold the stall door shut for you because it wouldn't lock. Yeah, that was an intimate moment that we shared. (laughs) I was like, I have to go on stage. I'm not trying to cut the line. She's like, I'll hold the door for you. And I was like, oh, no. Thank you. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the places we visited in Salem was was Bunghole Liquors. Yes. Um, How could we not cover this? Uh, Heather's friend Stotts, who is here. Cheer if you've Give ever it up listened. For Stotts. Woo, it's my favorite coworker that I talked about when I worked at the law firm. That's the favorite coworker, and now the mystery is revealed. He's here. He suggested this, he and um, then I mean, it writes itself. So how are we not going to cover this? But have you, round of applause if you've been to Bunghole Liquors. Yeah. Oh, good. 
perfect. <laughs> uh, it's very it. small, but it uh, has a long and storied history that we will get into tonight. We did. We dug into the archives for this. And then when we got there, all the things I dug up that were not online, that were in these old newspapers, they had printed on the wall, which was helpful. So I should have just visited first. And <laughs> just re- taking your notebook in. Yeah. Are you taking notes? Yes, I am. Well, first. So we've left out like oh, the gosh. critical part of that tour. We had to check in, and you get, have to give them an email address. Well, Heather gave them the show's email address. So then... Professor Nicodemus Watley. Nicodemus Watley is like, who's here from a podcast? Is somebody here from a podcast? And Heather goes, I don't know what the, I don't know. And then she looked at me, I go, I didn't say shit. (laughs) And we pretended like we didn't know what we were talking about because, and I think that's why he thought you were a spy. I'm not a spy. You were taking notes to steal his, because he had a lot of hot takes about the other tours. And how they steal his material. He met, he mentioned zero bungholes, though, so I didn't need... He did not talk about the bungholes, but we will say it. Uh, if somebody wants to do a bunghole count, yeah. if, <laughs> what's the over-under? Oh, I man. think we say it at least 53 times. Oh, wow. I was going to go 27. Okay, we'll see. Somebody remember 53 and 27? I don't know what the prize will be, <laughs> but we'll figure it out later. We're going to invite them on stage to set off fireworks. Oh, yeah. And There's a, a big sign in the green room that says, please, do not bring people on stage. Sorry. Do not throw things into the crowd we and do, do not it. use pyrotechnics. Damn it. And we said, who was here? <laughs> who did this to you? The, and then we decided Chris Angel Chris fits Angel. the bill for all three of those, and we think he's responsible for all of this happening. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, well, uh, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it, you guys. Do y'all say use guys? Or is that a Jersey thing? Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania thing? Pennsylvania, Jersey. I like okay. the look of disgust on several people's faces. Yeah, she, no. <laughs> nah, nah. That's a Pennsylvania thing. Fucking die first. <laughs> what do y'all call each other? Assholes. Assholes? <laughs> I love it. Masshole. Massholes? That's up, okay. Yeah. That's Listen a term of endearment. Okay. Massholes. Fucking massholes. Mass okay. Here. It's you, once you get into it, it it becomes part of you. It's addictive. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, stop. it's. Stop. Ugh, I love it so much. It's a whole attitude. Yeah. According to the city's official website, Salem was founded in 1626 by Roger Conant and a group of immigrants from Cape Ann, initially called Naumkeg. The settlers preferred to call it Salem, derived from the Hebrew word for peace. Namkeg, meaning fishing place or eel land, is also the name of a nomadic band of the Massachusetts tribe, who had seasonal homes throughout the present-day North Shore and beyond before the colonizers arrived, according to pioneer village Salem. Salem grew and expanded over the years, at one point becoming the richest city in America owing to its great shipping and importation economy. Eventually, the city had to build a customs house in 1649 to account for, store, and control the millions of dollars worth of textiles, ceramics, artwork, and spices imported to the city by ship from around the world. But as always, money and greed can drive people to do strange things. I did not learn this until we were studying this, but cinnamon... Oh, yeah. Money, baby. Yeah. 
Cinnamon, money. money. And then we learned um, in Raleigh that the color yellow was, was a very expensive thing and uh, showed that you were wealthy, too. So. You had to import it. So there's all these things that came over on ship that were imported that were like, oh, fancy. But the kitchen... British guy on the Food Network, he did an entire 30-minute episode on, like, we're going to find out the history, the secret history of cinnamon. And it's like, yeah, well, he found it, I'll tell you what, and it ended up in Salem. Well, beginning in 1801, a series of secret tunnels was built beneath the city of Salem, according to author Chris Dalgan, a well-regarded expert on the subject. In all, the tunnels stretched about eight miles, connecting warehouses, banks, personal homes, taverns, and most importantly, the dock where items came into port. Built by wealthy merchants to retain more profits and avoid paying customs and duties to the government, the tunnels were constructed largely in secret. The dirt removed to create the tunnels was used to fill in the city's common square, while the bricks needed were ordered from friendly masons who were in on the job. Chris Dalgan is one of my new favorite experts. He ranks up there with the guy in the leather uh, cowboy hat we learned about for the Houston for the Batman show, yeah. who similarly has written like 20 books on the subject. All tunnels. He's dedicated his life to the tunnels. The tunnels. And he's made all these videos. That he did a three-part series. If you have an afternoon that you're looking to fill with a just... <laughs> A juicy presentation about the history of Salem's tunnels. But he goes into like non sequitur stories as he talks about them that are strange and bizarre. And then he responds and fights in the comments with tunnel deniers. So there are, he's a tunnel truther. He's a tunnel truther. There are tunnel deniers. They're like, there aren't any fucking tunnels under there. And he's like, we love trolls around here. Let me tell you why. I was like, this man has written 14 books on the subject. You think he's going to let your little stupid internet comment go mm. unresponded to? I think not. Oh, he does. Uh, that's his job. He pencils yes. in eight hours, <laughs> yes. just respond, get an internet fight. So that's part of his day. He's like, we love this. Yeah, that's that's apparently it. It was like, some people, there's a, there's actual records and evidence yeah. of it, but there are some people who think that, nah, that's just a myth. That's an urban legend. And I'm like, I don't know that you can just decide that it's an urban legend. But uh, where did we eat? Where the little fountain was in front? Yes, yeah, Village Tavern, where yeah. you were using the bathroom. That was where I was recognized. <laughs> Shout out if you're here. Um, <laughs> uh, they were saying, because we overheard their tour, that it showed the different layers, yes. uh, the, little, the little fountain. It's... It's a fountain. It's a swimming hole. It's a public swimming hole. But it was hole. also Listen. where a lot of kids were just full on swimming in like a foot of water. Whatever. And one grown up who got off his bicycle and did the same. Yep. And I was like, oh, it's a public swimming hole. And then I was like, I think it's an art feature. <laughs> it's about the size of the stage, maybe smaller. But you know what? Anything's a swimming pool if you're willing to get in it. But they, uh, it showed kind of the different layers that tunnel truthers would say. Point see? to that and say, see. There's some evidence right there. It would make total sense, though, if you're trying to be a little sneaky. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You go underground. Don't tell anybody about it either. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, there's no records. Yeah, because they were secret. Yeah. I think the government has records on everything. Dun, dun, dun. Probably they have not. records on hardly anything Mm-mm. that they release to the public. <laughs> Once the tunnels were complete, the scheme went into operation. A boat would dock in the harbor, full of thousands of dollars of foreign goods. Before the imported items could be weighed at the customs house, they would split and partially be smuggled into the tunnels beneath the the city. 
The participants in the scheme would sell and distribute the items. Then when they had earned more money than had been accounted for, they used the tunnels to smuggle cash up to friendly bankers who laundered the money for them. My only concern with this scheme is that you start to get a lot of players involved. So many cooks in the kitchen. You're Somebody's going to flip. you got to pay yeah. a lot of people, too. And they're like, well, I can't come. My cousin can come move the thing. And you're like... Now I gotta put the cousin on the payroll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's certainly. one more person that knows about what we're doing. That's too many people. But Chris Dalgan calls his tour. It used to be called Salem Tunnel Tour, but then he received complaints because there are the tunnels have been demolished. So someone was like, "I went on a tunnel tour. I didn't get to go in any tunnels. Looked at an iPad and talked to a guy for two hours." And I was like, "I want to do that so bad." Chris personally to. responded to that. Yeah, right. So then he switched it. Now it's called. Salem Tunnels Smugglers Tour Rise of the One Percent. He went. He went from something very niche uh, title after that. But then the the deniers point to the lack of tunnels now as proof that they never existed. Whatever. I'm a tr- I'm a truther. We're truthers. No, I, I'm I'm on the same page. We're not going to get into a fight about I'm not this here on stage either. To We're deny. on the same page. I'm not going to deny Chris Dalgan ever. Not after Mm-mm. that very long scarf he wore in that interview I watched. Oh my god, a scarf so long it touched the ground. It did. It a man did. like that tells you about a tunnel. You listen. It was wrapped once around and, and still, still touched, touched the, the ground. ground. That's how long it was. Somebody that loved him knitted him that scarf, and no one that doesn't know what they're talking about is loved enough to get a scarf like that. Do you know what I mean? So if you got the scarf, that means you're an expert. Ergo, there too for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when in doubt, you just throw in a bunch of legal yes. terms yep, at the end of a sentence yep. and then nobody argues with you. Uh, I, I rest my case. Ipso facto. <laughs> ergo, therefore. Yep. Esquire. <laughs> I gotta start sticking that on the back you of my should, I've told you for years to put Esquire on the end of your name. <laughs> so douchey, man. <laughs> no, you earned it. If I, tr- if I put Esquire, I'm gonna buy those Crocs I tried on today. Oh, God. Didn't buy. I, I chickened out and I didn't buy their Margaritaville Crocs. They were. Okay, when I say it was a heavy shoe, that's because the there was a full on salt shaker shoved into the hole, the yep. Crocs hole. Yep. And a lime and a parrot and a bottle opener. A functional bottle opener. I'm having some blister issues. And the joke has been, why don't you go get some Crocs? I said, I I will fucking walk through the city barefoot before I go buy a pair of Crocs. kept going, do you want us to go to the Croc store? Do you want us to go to the Croc store? And then we're in Daniel Hall. The Croc store is there. So we go in because, of course, the margarita (laughs) film. Margaritaville. That, oh man, sixty four ninety nine. Man, I could have. It was worn a lot. Fuck. Damn it. Regret. But then you've got a sixty five dollar bit because you're never gonna wear those again. You're telling me I used to wear Crocs when I worked at Magic Time Machine and I played uh, Minnie Mouse. But that's like part of a costume because they look like they should be part of a costume. They were uh, also real easy to hose all the barbecue sauce. Uh huh. So. Exactly. They also had some Wu-Tang Clan ones, which those were nicer. Those and they had baby Wu-Tang Clan ones. Thought about baby I Simon. Know. Baby Simon should be wearing baby Wu-Tang Crocs. <laughs> Elias Derby, for whom Derby Street is named, was the first millionaire in Salem, having participated in the scheme. He helped organize the tunnel's illegal use. And the street that bears his name would become the site of two prominent locations where even more illegal smuggling would occur in the next century. Starting in 2018... 19. God. 
It's, it's just important to the timeline. No, it is, yeah. Sorry. 2018 was recently. 1918 was but a like, long was it, time ago. You know, you always say time is a flat time's Time is meaningless. It could have been 2018. Who Somebody knows? asked me a question today. I got a call from my old colleague that said, in 2017, or maybe 2016, you did this thing. Do you know where on the computer it saved? I was like, yeah, do you want my seventh grade locker combination too? <laughs> to be fair, he was like, this is a real weird ask. And I was like, no, I don't. Like 2018, it was years, decades mm-hmm. ago at this point. Yeah. Well, starting in 1918, 204 Derby Street was home to the Pochowski Brothers Funeral Home. The Pocharskis provided vital funeral services for the tight-knit and thriving Polish community in Salem. According to the National Park Service... Officially, the funeral home could not offer alcohol, but it was an understood aspect of what a funeral director did and what a Polish gathering was. Shout out to anyone of, from Poland. Polish descent. This is like the National Park Service did a huge survey because that was the Polish community really built up this area of Salem and really became kind of the leaders in the... And it was a very sweet community that mm-hmm. they all rallied around each other. And they knew how to party at a oh, funeral. Yes. One neighbor told the NPS, A funeral was a gathering. There was always a kitchen in the back with a bottle of whiskey, and the men would go there and proceed to become mellow, and the women loved to talk. They had many dances also, but a wake was sort of a social gathering. You were a good neighbor, a good relative. You fulfilled your duty of paying respects to the dead, and then you had a good time. (laughs) And you caught up on all the gossip. The dead person was but a means for everyone to hang out. Yeah, it was a good excuse for a party. Mm -hmm. The funeral parlor wasn't the only place in town to get a drink. In 1906, Joseph Kahn had opened a grocery store on the double lot at 164 Derby Street, just down the road from the Pcharski brothers. Joseph and his wife, Hedwiga, became important members of the Polish community in Salem. One customer described him as... A real big shot saying Joe Cohn always dressed up when he came into the store. Their grocery store was a gathering place for friends and neighbors. His store was called simply Polska Grosonaria, meaning Polish grocery store. He also opened a liquor store adjacent to that storefront. In short order, it earned a very interesting nickname. The bunghole. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be like, can I meet you down at the bunghole Does later it- tonight? <laughs> Going drinking in the bunghole. Very proper photo of the proprietor of the store standing in front of it and says, Bunghole. He's got a nice little apron on, just exactly what you'd imagine. Like, come on down, put your mouth on the bunghole. Yeah. I bet he didn't think that uh, you could find a gif of uh, Butthead just running back and forth on top of bunghole liquors. Oh, that's right. Saying TP for my bunghole. When they named that, they probably weren't like, that is going to happen. Or like in 2018, actually, way before. <laughs> Time is meaningless. It's true. Salem was in the midst of a drought in the summer of 1914. For years, Selectman Franklin Whitworth had warned the city that a devastating fire was imminent. Overcrowding and combustible building materials had made for a deadly combination, according to Whitworth. Unfortunately, his concerns were largely ignored. I feel like in many cases when we have these large devastating fires... There's some evidence of some sad sack who tried to warn everyone and everyone made fun Wentworth of him. Wentworth was a sad sack. He's like, could you maybe move those buildings? Ah, shut up, Wentworth. Stuff in your cram hole. Like, they wouldn't mm. listen to him. And I hate to say it, but I, perhaps he was a little satisfied with himself. 
Oh, as he watched the city or, burn. So he watched his house go up in flames. He's like, I told whoosh. you, motherfuckers. He's like, then they'll know. Mm-hmm. They'll all know. I learned the difference between flammable and inflammable recently. Flammable sets on fire and inflammable doesn't? Or is it the opposite? Well, either can be set on fire, but inflammable, contrary to what you might think, because the name makes it sound like anti, which is why I was confused. Inflammable is the, uh, it can just, it doesn't have to have something to ignite it. Like just, it can just like go up in flames by itself. It's just combustible. Yeah. God. I know. Yeah. But you would think it wasn't. So I always like, oh, an inflammable substance is good. Turns out, no, it's not. It isn't. I'm glad I learned this sooner rather than later. Yeah, you're like, this uh, the lovely sleeping bag for our camping trip is inflammable. <laughs> I got us all family inflammable sleeping bags. <laughs> we got PJs, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wentworth's deadly prediction came true on June 25th, 1914. While it is unclear exactly what started the fire... It is believed that sunlight shining through a window at the Corn Leather Company caused some highly inflammable materials to ignite. Within minutes, the building was engulfed. The raging inferno then spread down Boston Street and Lafayette Street, destroying homes and businesses. In the end, three people died, 60 were injured, and nearly half of Salem's population lost their home, according to the New England Historical Society. Additionally, 1,376 buildings were destroyed, resulting in 10,000 people losing their jobs. Devastating. When one thing goes up, and it's, you know, back then, it was real easy to die back then. You know, like, how did anybody make it? I don't know. It's a miracle that anyone did. It's just something around every corner. Yeah. Ready to take you. They should have listened to Wentworth. Also, yeah. I'd like to point out, Corn Leather Company, K-O-R-N. So it's where the band started. Yes. I know if you're aware of that. 1914 Leather Factory Who knew? turned real cool rock band. Yes. Certain Salem residents later reported having seen the ghost of Corey Giles walking through the graveyard the night before the fire. A Salem farmer, Giles was 80 years old when he was accused of witchcraft in April 18, 1692. At the time, the law in Salem dictated that a person could not be tried for a crime if they didn't enter a plea. Attempting to take advantage of this law, Giles refused to say if he was guilty or innocent. Giles' efforts to save himself were thwarted by a loophole in the law. For three days, the older farmer was tortured. On the third day, Giles finally succumbed to his injuries, but not before uttering a curse upon the town. After that, Giles' ghost was allegedly seen walking through the Howard Street Cemetery before every major disaster that occurred in Salem, including the Great Fire. Man, that is a horrifying way to go. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but the way people <laughs> were tortured back then was like, what have we got lying around? Uh, a bunch of planks of wood and some giant boulders. Bring it on over here. This is what's oh, happening oh, now. It man. was wild. So he was killed in a way that was called, his, his headstone says, pressed to death. Yeah. Um, but he would not give up. They kept saying, are you going to confess? Are you a witch? And he would just go, more weight. Dude. Boss move. Yeah. And uh, still refused to give it up. Because if he didn't, admit to it 
and they couldn't take his property. And That's he wanted I, his property to still go to his children. So by not admitting to anything and dying, it still stayed within his family. And that's what we learned last night from Professor Nicodemus Waitley was like a lot of the accusations for witchcraft really just involved the sheriff coming in and taking all your shit mm-hmm. and maybe not telling the state what all they took and then he would sell it for himself and keep the money. So it was. They were running a big scam. Also, for uh, oh, Giles, if you're 80 years old back then, you are a tough son of a gun. Right. That yeah. is, to live That's to be like 80, 300 now. Yeah, like I said, mm-hmm. I mean, back then, you, you, most people, a lot of people dropped dead at 35, oh, 40 yeah. for a life of hard labor and he was a farmer too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh, wait, tracks. That mm-hmm. tracks for him. I wish that he was my ancestor. He's not. I found my ancestor that was involved in the Salem witch trials. It was the sheriff. And <laughs> not, I'm like, feel like Jesse on Saved by the Bell when she found out that her, uh, her ancestors drove the ships with enslaved people on it. And she's just like, I am so sorry. But I looked into my ancestor who was a sheriff and he turned his turned a coat about halfway through and was like, maybe we shouldn't be drowning these people and burning them. So he felt bad later. That was kind of the same thing with Giles because his wife was accused of witchcraft and he was like, burn her! And then he got accused. He's like, wait a minute. We've gone too far. Witchcraft, yeah. So that's karma. Yeah, it feels, you feel bad. You feel, you know, we don't always find happy things when we trace our ancestors back, and, and I'm at least lucky enough to be able to trace them. Well, I had a cousin that got real into that and then just sent me the PDF. I didn't know work. <laughs> I linked him up with somebody else on 23andMe, <laughs> right. and they had done all the work, and I benefited from it. Done and done. As the city of Salem was being engulfed in flames, Joe Cohn opened his storefronts to the public. He allowed community members to come inside and take whatever they needed for free in the face of the fire, telling his wife, I'm going to let people come in and take what they want because it won't be long before this place is going. His wife told the National Park Service, People came in and they took what they wanted and they cleaned out the store. They took canned goods and cookies and bread and everything they needed. And finally, so it happened, we were left without anything. The cones were lucky. When the smoke cleared... Both their grocery and their bunghole survived. (laughs) The Cones continued operating in the location at 164 Derby Street, selling legal liquor until the U.S. government stepped in and ruined all the fun. Boo. Boo. That is really nice, though, to just go, it's going to burn up anyway. Yeah, just I mean, what it. are you, you don't need all this. Even, even if it survives, there's going to be a lot of people left with nothing. It's so really thoughtful. So you got to take care of your community. You know what? The owner of the bunghole is a nice guy. Yeah. With the rise of evangelical Protestantism and its views on alcohol as ungodly and destructive to the nation, the Prohibition movement began. In 1919, Congress ratified the 18th Amendment to the Constitution, effectively prohibiting the manufacture, transportation, and sale of intoxicating liquors in the United States. On January 17, 1920, the law went into effect and was enforced by the federal government, which saw to it that bars and stores, once selling alcohol legally, were forced to go dry. With the demand increasing and the supply waning, enterprising entrepreneurs began smuggling alcohol in from other countries. In the northern United States, that meant barrels coming from over the border in Canada. 
And the agents that were tasked with this were making money hand over fist for the government. They said it was something like a 15,000% profit over how much it costs to just run the office. That's how much liquor they were taking away and how much they were taxing people because they would take the liquor, they would fine you, and they would be like, and you sold this? Oh, okay, well, you also income tax on that. And then it would be this huge, massive fine that they would just kind of extort people, honestly. It was a, it was a racket, kind of like... The government was extorting people? Yeah, well... Making me Heather. I know. I don't mean to spread rumors about old Uncle Sam, but <laughs> check your taxes. I'm kidding. It's wild. Uh, this is going to sound naive. Go on. Probably I shouldn't even say it say out loud. It. Say it. Say it's, it. it's not that interesting. It's just wild that you can just be like, all right, now nobody can drink anymore. Yeah. And now there's a law, and then like nobody can drink. But then what's wilder is that we reversed it. Yeah, that they go, well, everyone's pissed off and uh, a lot of mafia going on. So what should we do? Give them alcohol. Turn Give it the around. pissed, angry moms alcohol. It is. I mean, it's true. It just it does show you how powerful whenever a law like this gets passed. And the government spent, I'll say it spent a lot of money enforcing it, but it also made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that's how much of a, a push against it. So I think if we all pushed for something, for something that was illegal, that we think it should be legal in every state of the nation. <laughs> All this underground alcohol needed a place to be drunk. That's when speakeasies developed. Drinking lounges frequently found behind secret doors, in basements, or otherwise hidden from the view of law enforcement. The Boston Globe summed up the new dry era in an article from 1921. One year ago today, the great drought swept over the country. Scores of Boston saloons closed their doors. A new age is upon us. The age of the smuggler, the rum runner, the home brewer, the speakeasy of fabulous illicit profits, and the prohibition agent who sleuths against them all. Sleuths. It was like a troll like a, from Boston. Is he's got what, a, no, like no, no, no. He's got a reporter hat on. He's got the number in But he the also hat. sounded he's a bit like, like a gnome or a troll. Uh, we, have, we don't know where he lives. A magical creature. We don't know where he lives. That's true. To smuggle the barrels of liquor through the city, rum runners began utilizing the old underground tunnels along Derby Street. According to Christopher Dalgan, author of one of 12 books, Salem's Secret Underground, The History of the Tunnels in the City, part one of 15. (laughs) The tunnels that once hosted spices, molasses, and textiles were soon full of barrels of illegal beer, wine, and liquor. Built for the convenience of wealthy merchants, the tunnels that stretched eight miles throughout Salem allowed easy access between the docks, the banks, private homes, breweries, and speakeasies. The waterfront section of Salem included a stretch of tunnels running down Derby Street, all the way down to another place everyone would soon start calling the bunghole. So we had the official bunghole, now we're about to have... A new underground bunghole. What's better than one bunghole, two bungholes? Conveniently located near one another. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. What did you just say? I said they got to be conveniently located near one another. Oh, yeah, well, you got two holes. They're close by, but there's a little street in between. (laughs) Just a little... Whoop! That, you know, you got to take... Go to one place, and you got to get to the other. (laughs) I chugged a beer backstage, and I got to say... It's catching up with uh, with me right now. All right. The word bunghole means the hole in a cask or barrel. It's a real word. 
What? It's a real word, y'all. It's a totally real word. <laughs> In the early 20th century, the word was also used metaphorically to describe things that leaked. <laughs> that hasn't changed. Some things in time are just constant. Yeah. Some common phrases were... Saving at the spigot and letting it run out of the bunghole. Not being content with the bunghole view of life. Or... Saving at the spigot and wasting at the bunghole. There's a lot of saving and letting were, things go and run. Like I said, the um, hours and hours and hours I spent scouring through newspapers searching the word bunghole, and it was so many politicians using this metaphor, some term of letting things run out of the bunghole, the waste of the bunghole. Things can dribble out of the bunghole if you're not paying attention. And I'm like, sir, you're at a school board meeting. <laughs> <laughs> but at what point did it become what we know it as today? Did, when it made the booty hole turn? Yeah, I bet you Beavis. Is that when? I think it was Beavis. God, we owe so much to them. <laughs> Man, pioneers, truly. Honestly. Those animated pioneers. Love old Mike Judge. Mm-hmm. An article titled... Bigger, Better Bunghole? Oh, we skipped a part. What? We missed a part. <laughs> oh, Fuck. We'll edit that out. Cut that. Cut that. Edit it I'm out. I'm just going to... I'm leaning in at this point. <laughs> the plug in a cask was important for wine, liquor, and beer traders in those days, as it determined the pour rate from the barrels. As such, there was an industry standard size for the barrel openings. However, at a beer barrel makers convention, alcohol distributors debated the appropriate size for the openings. You gotta, every you gotta get. It's like we were talking about USB ports earlier. Everybody's on the same fucking page. We're so tired of it. Everybody needs to go on the same page of the bunghole openings. <laughs> if some people have a bigger bunghole, then yeah. more is coming out yeah. than others, it's and you, that's the one you want. So everyone's gonna go to big bunghole over tiny one. It was a controversy. An article titled "Bigger and Better Bungholes." explained the debate. Controversy spread through the convention of beer barrel makers over the question of how large a bunghole should be. The oldest members say tradition demands a definite standard size bunghole. Newcomers in the business disagree. They're demanding smaller bungholes. It's the opposite of being progressive, right? I think. I mean, I guess... Why would you want a smaller bunghole to give people less so therefore you make more money? I think it slows the pour rate. When you open it on mm -hmm. the spigot and the bunghole is smaller, it sucks the air in slower because of less space and then it maybe makes the spigot go out less. That's science. science. Mm -hmm. <laughs> During Prohibition, bunghole also became a slang term for underground speakeasy lounges. With alcohol banned outright, drinking at the wakes or funerals was no longer allowed at the Pacharski Brothers, at least not above ground. According to the Bunghole Liquor's official website, liquor flowed freely in the funeral parlor basement, the same place where the bodies were embalmed. Given this underground location was host to a secret drinking location, it became known as the Bunghole. 
According to their website, the regular phrase exchanged between drinking buddies would be, me tonight at the bunghole. Don't tell your family where you're going. <laughs> so many things happen at the bunghole. What, is anyone keeping track of how many times we've said it? What do we got? 37. Oh, oh we we've already blown hers out of the Blue water. Cats. What did I say? 53? 53 yeah, also, what's your name? Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. Are you on the VIP list? Yep. Well, now you are. <laughs> because you legitimately are keeping count of how it's many times we've said bungle. Much appreciated. It's very sweet. Actually, it's 42 if you count before. Oh! Bunghole battle. Bunghole battle up front, guys. Battle of the bungle is happening. The pyrotechnics are starting. This is why they say you can't have fire on stage because somebody's going to light one because tensions are high. And we all know if you have an inflammable material up now we here, learned. the place is going up. Careful. Mm-hmm. Sinisterhood will be right back. Getting alcohol in and out of the bunghole at 204 Derby wasn't difficult. The basement was connected to the tunnels running underneath the city, making it easy to smuggle barrel after barrel of sweet bootleg alcohol inside, setting them up right beside the embalmed bodies. Mm. Would you drink next to a dead body? Mm, if it was in a container? <laughs> a coffin? A coffin, casket, drawer situation, a cart... Maybe like uh, one of those wood boxes you can nail the top shut. So, I mean, as opposed to it's just like weekend at Bernie's on a chair next to you? How else would it be displayed? Or laying on the ground, just thrown on the floor? Like a slab? Like to prepare the body? Oh! Like a table? So you need need sides. Yeah, I don't want it just out on like a table. Well, really, a slab slab is just half a table. (laughs) Where'd the other half go? That's what I'm saying! A slab, you just have the body, and you don't want that. But a tape... Wait, what are you saying? I meant, I meant a... God damn it. The drawers. The oh, drawers. yes. The drawers would have sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like I said a drawer is fine. I just don't want it out. Just kind of... Bleh. I don't want it just like... Bleh. Oh, like you, bump it and you want to be go- able to push it inside the drawer. I thought you meant like it could still be out on display... No. But there were sides up. No, okay. I don't want any sort of a possibility, however minute, that it gives me a sitting up <laughs> in one of these. And it's like... <gasps> I would be more concerned. I, I would knock it over. Yeah, I'll I'd up. stumble into it and yeah. just cause a big scene. Or you really have to make sure that the tubes are connected to what they need to be connected to and the barrels of the moonshine is connected to what it needs to be connected to. So you don't take a swig of something... All of a sudden you're or, drinking embalming fluid. Or you moonshine Uncle Greg and... <laughs> They're I, like, bet, I think they're Uncle like, Greg's smells. the same either way. Yeah, I was going to say, he smells like alcohol. Yeah. They're like, it's Uncle Greg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I feel like moonshine would do the same as embalming oh, probably, fluid. Yeah, probably so, pretty close, certainly. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, though his grocery store remained open, Joe Cone's bunghole at 164 Derby Street was forced to close when the country went dry. There is no documented evidence that the two bungholes worked in tandem. But the Pacharski brothers and Joe Cohn would have want, known one another. I just want to say, this is Heather's personal theory. conspiracy theory as to what has happened. Backed by 
page after page of first count research. From Chris Dowkin. No, no, no. It's from... Uh, and her own. Yes. Yeah, I looked at all... They made... They, like, printed all of the old phone books from back then and, like, the directories they would put, like, literally they would list every street, every business at every location. Then they would list it again by alphabetical order so you could, like, go down the street and find them. And I was just like, click, click, Click. Embarrassed is like, what are you doing? I'm like, shh, shh, shh. I'm on the 1911 Salem directory. Hold on. I'm trying to find something. <laughs> click, click. And then he, I was just writing it down. Then I go to the next 1912. Write it down. Next one. So I piece this together. <laughs> she had a whole <laughs> string. Yes. The garage has been turned into oh, yeah. her yeah, home base. Yeah. He does not have an office anymore. It is my yes. tunnel conspiracy. <laughs> the buildings were a two minute walk from each other. Plus, the Pacharski brothers provided funeral services for basically everyone in the Polish community in those days, according to the National Parks Services study. Attendance at funerals was mandatory for members of the St. Joseph community, a group in which both the Pacharskis and the Cones participated. It was actually a really sweet thing. It was a mutual aid society that they developed in the community in Salem at the time where you paid a certain amount of money in, mm-hmm. and if you got sick, they would take care they of you. They still have those. Yeah, and if your family, you know, if someone died in the family, not only would you have a funeral bought, paid for, and taken care of. So the Pacharski brothers didn't really have to donate their services because they're a business. They got paid, then everybody showed up, there was food, booze it was a good time you're getting the hot goss at the wake Mm -hmm. so i loved it i was like oh but they were both in very well documented in this study they would have known each other first party yeah uh, they did like uh, interviews with folks that lived there at the time when they were up in their 70s and 80s and i was like you know what go national park service that you're out getting these oral histories of what happened in these Mm -hmm. communities and writing them all down so we can make butt jokes about Mm -hmm. them After all, where would a funeral parlor get access to liquor, beer, and wine except through a man who had already been selling it before the ban went into effect? Cohn had been sourcing alcohol to sell in his store, and the Pacharskis had a spot to serve the drinks. It was a perfect match, though it would have been an illegal one, and as such, not one with any documentation. Just Heather's own gut instinct. Sherlock Holmes didn't have documentation when he solved crimes, did he? He wasn't real. (laughs) Never mind. You know, I didn't know that until, like, within the last decade (laughs) is when I learned that he was not actually a real person. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't like, I wasn't bummed. It wasn't like Santa or anything, (laughs) but... If you're very good, Sherlock Holmes will bring you a pipe to smoke. In addition to drinking in underground rooms, near corpses, and embalming equipment, prohibition had some other unintended consequences. With the decrease in legal alcohol consumption, the United States saw an increase in violent crime from the likes of Al Capone and other organized criminals. After backlash from the public, prohibition finally ended in 1933. By Kevin Costner. He ended Prohibition and saved everyone. What movie was that? The Untouchables, baby! Oh, yeah. Oh, Kevin Costner. I don't know. That he was. That was when he hit his, his prime. He hit the peak, man. Was Water that like World? Dances with Wolves, yeah, Kevin Dances Costner? With Wolves, yeah, Water that World. Good, yeah, no one else good. in here seems as horny for Kevin Costner, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> More Kevin Costner for me. Mm-hmm. The often-told story of bunghole liquors says that with the end of Prohibition, the funeral parlor immediately converted into a liquor store. However, public records show the Pacharski Brothers Funeral Parlor remained a funeral parlor in that location after the end of the ban. 
No word on whether they kept drinking in the basement, but records show it stayed in the building at 204 Derby Street for 13 years after that. However, a different bunghole went legit at the end of the dry spell. Capitalizing on the newfound legality of alcohol, Joe Cohn registered the name, the Bunghole Package Liquor Store, with the state of Massachusetts in 1933, obtaining the second liquor license in the city after prohibition was lifted. Records show at the time it obtained its license and reopened. Joe Cohn was still operating the store at 164 Derby, just two minutes down the street from, from the funeral parlor. I think if you get used to drinking down in a basement with uh, embalming yeah. bodies, no, no it other... It feels comfortable. Yeah, and no yeah. like bar, you're like, this ain't yeah, the same. This doesn't hit the same. This ain't the it's same. It's like in college... Every bar I went to, everybody was smoking inside. Yeah. And then later, when you go to a bar, you'd be like, this doesn't feel right. Now you're like, thank God that everybody's not just chain smoking constantly, including myself. Congratulations. On? Not smoking. Oh, it's been like 20 years, but that's not true. It hasn't been 20 years, but it's been a long time. But thank you. Yeah. The officially registered Bunghole Liquors remained in its location until 1927, when the Cones sold the building to the Society for the Preservation of New England Antiquities. For a brief time, Cone and his wife ran the Bunghole from their home located at 5 West Circle, down near the water's edge. In 1939, the Bunghole moved again, this time to a building at 151 Derby, the present-day home of Which Way Gifts, the bunghole found its final resting place at 204 Derby, the former home to the funeral parlor in 1947. This location was perfect, as the cones could utilize the basement, once used for embalming, to store packages of liquor. However, the new tenants soon found they weren't alone. Mm-mm. The store's official website warns, If you crept downstairs and tore down a few walls today, you'd notice the embalming tubes and no doubt a few empty flasks left behind from ancestors of the bunghole who would occasionally haunt their old secret hangout. But the specters make appearances upstairs, too. In Wicked Salem, assistant manager of bunghole liquors Brandon O'Shea said that during a big rush during New Year's Eve of 2013, the store had a ghostly shopper. My co-worker saw this woman walk behind the wine rack and go out back. It's two hours later, my other co-worker bumped into the same woman, but then there was no one there. <laughs> it's a story. <laughs> There's some holes in it. Who amongst us hasn't gone into a liquor store and then two hours later, you're like, I don't know where I was for the last <laughs> two hours. Maybe I was here, maybe I wasn't. Still, the basement is arguably the most active area for spirits. Host of Wild Card Journeys, Eric spoke to employees inside the store who claimed they will not go downstairs due to reports of groans and moving shadows. O'Shea reported similar instances underground, telling Wicked Salem that one of the cameras down there picks up white lights. When you're working alone, you always see weird things here. I'm telling you, I'm the last person to ever believed this stuff, but something is here. Oh, oh th- my gosh, yeah, thank isn't you. she doing great? Thank you so much. That is definitely Eric O'Shea's voice, 100%. Oh, yeah. Eric is, uh, he's got a lot of stories, but he doesn't believe shit. Nah. Nah. My last one to believe is shit. Mm-mm. Given its history as a funeral home, it is no wonder that employees have experienced the paranormal. O'Shea explained his skepticism upon starting his job there. This place is definitely haunted. 
I came here and I heard it was haunted, but I never believed it. That all changed once he had an encounter with a ghostly presence at work. I'm going to level with you. I fucked a ghost. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I'm not saying it's off the table. Uh, but no, not this ghost. <clears throat> he said, well, maybe. <laughs> he said, well, I was off and I was in the bathroom. That's how I do my business in the dark. It's between me and God. Um, I'm kidding. For real, though. I swear to God, a cat rubbed up against me. I'm not a believer in that sort of thing, but I ran out. I asked the co-worker if there was a cat or a dog in the building. He said, no, there was nothing there. All I know is something touched my leg. (laughs) At this point, I feel like we should talk about going there. Our experience with a psychic yesterday. Oh, oh, yeah, rewind. (laughs) That's right. Before Um, the whole... We... (laughs) We were like, we're going to get the true Salem experience. We're going to get our futures told to us. So there's a ton of people that offer this service in Salem. Professor Nicotine? Nico- Nic- no, nope. Nicoderm. Nicoderm, is, he invented the patch. <laughs> Nicodemus your- Wait, Watley right. told us they're all full of shit. He didn't they're say They're all shit. frauds. They're all frauds. That's what he said. Well, he was right about Tammy, who we went and I saw. I know, Tammy. We, we were like, where should we pick? Then we said, oh, we're going to go. Round of applause if you've ever been to Fatima's Psychic Studio. No, no one? No, because if they did, if they were so successful, they wouldn't even be here. They'd be in a palace in the woods somewhere. <laughs> well, oh, it man. was a standalone. We didn't want to go to like one in a store because we thought, if, you know, if, if it's a standalone, surely. It's like... You don't go get an iPhone at the T-Mobile store. You go to the Apple store because people there are more trained. Well, we showed up. Uh, we don't know what her name was, but we're calling her Fatima. She first talked her to us. Her name's on the door. So but we, didn't, we don't nah, know if that know. was her. No, nah, we don't know. But at first, we were just testing it out because we were all hungry. Yeah. We, three of us were very high. Yeah, One yeah, of yeah. us wasn't. That's fair. Tommy wasn't, and so we stood outside this building for what seemed like an eternity, and we were like, somebody's got to go up there and you ask to, him how much this costs. You have to set the scene of what this building was. It has an awning that says her name on the outside. The team it says, Psychic Studio. Her studio with a phone number, and then there's a staircase, and the door, it says, come on in, but the door's locked, and there's a doorbell. And so we all decide we can't do this. I was like, I cannot go. I can't do this right now. I can't go ring a doorbell and have a conversation with somebody. Finally, Tom, who was not even getting a reading, was like, I'll do it. And and then Heather was like, I want to come. And then I was like, me too. So then we all ended up going, but Tommy had to talk because none of us would. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the doorbell, a woman with no shoes on and jean shorts and a Victoria's Secret pink shirt that was yellow... Uh, opens up the door and is like, come on in, come in. And it was like, oh, we just wanted to inquire. Get in here, come on, have a seat down. And, we're, and Tommy was like, we would like to inquire about the prices. And we wanted to check and see if you were fully booked. And I was like, what a kind thing to say she, to a person. Nobody no else one, was there. No one has been there. And then we noticed a woman on the sofa was having a full-fledged conversation on a speakerphone. No regard for us coming in there. And she said, yeah, I just come back, you know, I'll tell you the prices, whatever. Go down to this seafood restaurant. We went to sea level. It was very good. Had a delightful time. And then when we came back, the lady who was previously on the speakerphone 
goes, the lady from before is not here. I'm Tammy. Come in. And we were like, oh, okay. And then she's like, what do you want? And we're like, oh, I don't it's know. It's a thousand degrees in this house. First of all. Which, uh, you know we love some AC. Nobody in Salem used it. Nah, those buildings were built in the 1200s. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of fans, but uh, Tammy had nothing. It oh. was just... Uh, just thick, like, burgundy shag carpets. Mm-hmm. A million artifacts. Oh, and then when we came back, Tammy answers the door. Another woman is now on the couch. She's taking Tammy's place. We think our theory is Tammy and Fatima, sisters, person on the couch was the mom. There was a staircase. We think they all lived upstairs. It was a family affair. She's like, wild time. She's like, uh, what do y'all want? We're like, oh, just like, um, you know, our future's told to us or whatever. And she's like, all right, go sit in there. I'll be in there in a second. Well, there's only three chairs. One of them is for Tammy and it's us and Leanne. So I go, you think I can move that chair? And Heather's like, yeah, just move it. This place. So I, I pick it up and, I, and then Tammy comes in and I was like, can I move this chair? And she's like, well, I guess. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Just stand? So then I sit in it and she's like, you're in the hot seat. What do you want to know? And I was like, oh. And then she proceeded to tell me how Tommy's keeping secrets from me. And I have a bunch of frenemies, and nobody wants me to succeed, and Ella's going to be a troublemaker. And I was like, and then she's like, do you have any questions? I go, I think I'm good. Uh, Leanne, you wouldn't jump in the hot seat? Because I'm, first of all, it's 90 fucking degrees in this room. And I'm melting. I'm melting, and I've been told, like, how shitty. And she kept going, what's your husband keeping from you? Yes. And I go, "I, I don't know. I don't think anything. Are you having a bump in the road? I go, no, things are pretty good. Are you sure? I was like, I think so. And so then later she says, oh, you have a four-year-old. She's a troublemaker. I was like, no, she's precious. <laughs> she's great. What's happening right now? And she's like, well, when she gets to be older, she's going to be a troublemaker. And that's when your husband's going to keep something from you. I'm like, you can't just tie all this back together, <laughs> Tammy. <laughs> If there's not a secret now, there will be a secret someday. It's like, what the fuck? She kept trying to, like, we, and she'd be like, see, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, it wasn't, though. I think that was related. She'd be like, do you agree? And I was like, I don't care. I'm just burning up. Just let me go. <laughs> then Leanne went, same. The one that was the most off was yours. What do you mean? Oh, because she was like, it's very convenient. I watched the Penn and Teller bullshit. As a person who has visited a legitimate psychic before, I watched the Penn and Teller bullshit, and there's a couple of, like, tricks that they do, and, mm-hmm. like, she was doing all of them, and mm-hmm. I was like, I've watched Penn she and watched Teller, it ma'am. Too. Yeah, she might have watched it, too. But, yeah, she's like, Jay, there's somebody, Jay, in your life. John, and I was like, my uncle's named John. She's like, you're very close to him. I was like, we do all right. <laughs> She was like, you're, you're going to come into an inheritance. And I was like, fun fact, a few years ago when I was a practicing attorney, I wrote his will. And no, I'm not. <laughs> like, it's not going to me. I know for she certain like, I'm not. He has really great advice for you, so you need to connect with your Uncle John. And she's like, there's a spirit around you, which this is just very convenient. She goes, who is it? And having watched the Penn and Teller and uh, being a fucking sap that I am, I was like, I want her to do a good job and feel good about herself. So I was like, yeah, my dad, he died a few years ago. And she's like, oh, he's with you. I know that you guys didn't get along and you had a lot of turmoil and I was like my dad was my best friend and she goes he kept his feelings from you I go he told me he loved me 34 times before we hung up on and she was like but you know what I mean and I was like no I don't (laughs) none of us do Tammy no so yeah she was uh, was, and she she was like she's like 
Yeah, 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 things are kind of dry in the relationship. We're like, she just got married. No, no Tammy. I was like, I had sex the day I left. <laughs> she was like, hi. She was like, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's been a dry spell. I said, I dated another person. I had dry spell. She's like, that's, that's what it, I meant. That's it. That's, that's what, what I'm meant. talking about. That's what I meant. That's Again, what I'm talking about. Because I'm such a sap, and I'm like, well, I don't want her to feel like a loser. So I could have cared I like, less. Boop. I was like, I came here for the truth. <laughs> I'm getting bamboozled. Yeah, I felt. Uh, and then I said uh, a very filthy thing, which Tammy thought was hilarious. lost it on. <laughs> she thought it was hilarious. Heather goes, "No, it's great. He's hitting them walls." I said, "He wrecks my walls." He wrecks my walls. And she started laughing. And, and this goes, is where we won Tammy over. And then Tammy was like, ha, ha, ha. I know, that's right. Sometimes you just want a little smack on the ass. Right, ladies? Right? And we're she like, was like, she yeah. goes, you want to get into that weird wrong. shit? And I was like, okay. She, Tammy, we, I was like, now I'm into it. Okay, put me back in that seat now. Now I want to see what's seat. happening now. We left and I was like, I just want to hang. I don't want them to tell me anything. No. I just want to see them all interact <laughs> and like just be there while it happens. Yes, because it was uh, fantastic. What did she call herself? A born, born reader. A born reader. She was like, I don't need to spend any time with you. I'm a born reader. Yeah. So she was like, know. What's your name and birthday? Okay, here we go. And then she, I'm like, there was no like, not even like a. Hold your hand. No. She didn't need a tattoo. No. She did need to pay that you pay her in Venmo before she starts talking. Yes. Though. So that was a very that important we did have to part do. of the process. Is she was like, my powers don't turn on until I get the ding on my phone <laughs> that you've paid me. Yeah, it was a wild time. I did buy a sex magic book. Yeah, well. So I'll let you all know, know how that goes later. Uh, or maybe I won't. Uh, who knows? I may poof into another she will. dimension. She will. Yeah, well, you know, I'm fucking open book over here. Mm-hmm. Open sex magic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, the, the best psychic information we got from her was to go to the sea level restaurant because it was really good. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, it was very and good. It had we a very good lobster roll. The bartender at the sea level, fantastic. And she, I go, what do you know about bunghole liquors around here? And she's like, I don't know. It's a liquor store. I like park over there and I said uh, do you know about it being haunted she's like oh the guy working upstairs he works there and she went up it was so nice she like in the middle of the shift went up and caught the other server and said hey you know what happens and he this is where I gotta come back because she goes, I asked him, and he goes, oh, you want me to tell the story? And I was like, yeah, if you want to. I don't know. And then we didn't get the story. <laughs> no. So I'll never know. We'll never know what the story But was. then we did ask the guy in Bunghole Liquors, and he goes, I've seen more shit sitting around the house my old man. And we're like, what have you seen? Ah, <laughs> oh, shadow figures, lights, things just turn on and off without me and my old man touching them. We're like, damn. We go, how old's your house? I don't know, the 70s. I was like, oh, so it's I was expecting the 1800s, <laughs> 1910 or something. Mm-hmm. No, I did, and I ran into another guy at Bunghole Liquors. He was a gentleman in a very cool leather vest. We invited him. Is uh, he here? He was like writing it down, and then was like, oh, I don't know. If you're here, though, please hang out after the show. Because uh, I go, <laughs> have you seen anything here? And he goes, of course, see shit all the time. And I said, oh, have you worked here like a couple of decades? He goes, four months. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, I want to clarify, I meant ghost stuff. He goes, I know what you meant. Yeah. All the time I think somebody's in here with me and nobody's in here. Nobody's in here. I was like, people need to shop at Bunghole Liquors because it sounds like they don't. (laughs) Well, O'Shea's encounter is not unheard of in the Witch City. Reports of black cats, both real and otherworldly, are a common occurrence. 
According to Suzanne Seville, author of Hidden History of Salem, for the Halloween capital of the world, Salem's ghost population is surprisingly small and furry. <laughs> we did see on our tour, we had to stop and uh, stand in front of some building, I don't remember what it was, for quite a while, and in the window was a black cat just hanging out. Yeah, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Because we were high. So we were like, look at that cat. <laughs> and that's when between, I just kept zooming in, taking pictures of the cat and the professor's fly that was still down. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, he's standing in a group of like 25 people. No one has told him. And then later we were like, when do y'all think he realized it, was, it had been down the at whole home. time? Like at home, on his drive home? Because at the end of the tour, he was like, I just have to say, up until today, it's only been two people in my tours. This has been such a great tour. The energy's been so... He was so happy with himself and us. And I was like, you're going to find out your fly's been down for the past two hours. And nobody told you. And it was very obvious. Yeah. Very obvious. I, as a We tipped him quite a bit. Yeah. As a former tour guide, the whole time I'm just like, I don't, do I tell him? And I was like, I'm so scared. And then when he thought I was mocking him, I was like, I don't want him to be mad at me. And mm. then I got in my head and then I just panicked and I kept up. stopping to take pictures and Tommy was like, come on, we're going to get in trouble. Because everyone was, he, the professor was not there to fuck around. No, he, he did not want, he, he made this guy hold the lantern <laughs> the entire time. And then he kept roasting him. Dude, he emasculated him for working in insurance, which is like a reasonable career. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, insurance. <laughs> and I was like, are we throwing stones? And he would be like, lantern bearer, come. And like the guy was there with his wife. So then his wife was like, I guess I'll come up there with you while you hold this lantern. Like he got totally roped into this thing. It was almost Heather. I go, I would have. You would have been on your own. I'm sorry. Quit, I would like, not. I could not have gone up there and dealt with this. I probably would have just quit. <laughs> In addition to the cat stalking bunghole liquors, two other feline ghosts haunt Salem structures. One in the Daniels house, located just a four-minute walk up the street, and the other in the witch house, about a half mile away. Seville wrote, For a house in Salem to exist without a cat would have to be some sort of minor miracle. Based on O'Shea's experience in the bunghole, it sounds like the same could be said for liquor stores as well. Gotta have a liquor store cat. Gotta have a bunghole cat. And eats the rats. That's what I learned, too, is a lot of, um, a lot of folks kept cats. To oh, eat yeah. The tunnel rats. You got a hole in the back of your house that goes into the depths of the city, and you're like, bunch of goddamn rats are running yeah. in here. Yeah, get probably. a cat. 100% get a cat to take care of those rats. Isn't that what they do at Disney? Oh, yeah. they do. Thank you for the validation. Thank I have for, heard that, that, and I didn't know if it was a myth, but I, from this one person saying yes, confirmed. Say it is. That is true. Confirmed. Mm-hmm. They also uh, there's a lot of Disney weird Disney stuff. I'm not going to go on a Disney tangent, but just Google it. It's weird. It's like the whole psychology. I will talk about it Let's for a second. It. I'm into it. The whole psychology of like what they do and like how things are painted and stuff to get people to spend more money, it's wild. I once watched an hour and 45 minute YouTube documentary about the history of the Fast Pass. Wow. <laughs> it was so. But that went by slow. Fucking interesting. About like exactly what you're it's saying, wild. the psychology of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, this, you actually, it costs, the, it costs more to do, yada, yada, whatever. And again, in a second, I was like, it's over. 
what about now? I want to know more information. Uh, it's all about the, now you got to do the Genie Plus thing. It's a whole deal. Yeah. But uh, I love that. It's called Defunct Land on YouTube. Shout out if you like to watch YouTube shows. Oh. It's real good. A lot of people for Defunct Land, too. Yeah, right. It's great. Shout out if you've ever seen Chompy and the Girls. Okay, Crickets. I thought so. Crickets. This was a movie that my husband talked us into watching last he goes, night. It's a cult classic. It's a cult indie classic horror film. There's almost 300 people here. No one has heard of this. Wow. Guess we don't have a lot of movie buffs in the audience. I'm kidding. I don't know. Well, if you want to just be like watching like, oh, okay. And then record scratch. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. Moment. I screamed Go out. Go check out Chompy and the Girls. It, uh, it was a wild ride. I screamed out. I did twice. <laughs> I, yeah, there was, it was, man, please somebody watch it and then DM us about like, it. It's like, at the end of the day... It was awful, Heather. It's like, at the very least, it's competent, but it's competent in the manner that it seems like a person was like, I bet you I could make a movie out of that. Mm -hmm. And then, like, someone goes, that's a fucking terrible idea. You're not going to make a movie out of that. And they go, just watch, watch. And they made it, and someone's like, it's technically a movie. It technically, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. But you're like, what am I? And the face, it's a, go watch it. You got to see Chompy's face. Oh, I want to talk about what... I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not no spoiling spoiler. anything. You we'll say spoiler. afterwards, Heather left. I stayed up, watched Escape Room 2, better than the first one. Shout out to the Escape Room fans in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun... It knows what it wants. It's a fun franchise. It knows, it knows what, what it is. It's fun to just have on. Doesn't take itself too seriously, unlike Chompy. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh. <laughs> That's my laugh. <laughs> you have different laughs. That's my favorite laugh. That's Leanne just, and I talked about how that's our favorite. Oh, our favorite is when you're Googling something and you just go. Because uh, then we know something dirty is about to come yeah. out of your mouth. Horrific. Author Sam Beltrusis summed up the city's interaction with spirits in Ghosts of Salem, Haunts of the Witch City. The dead love Salem. That's what he said. (laughs) The history of the city as a shipping port, the site of a series of horrific deaths during the witch trials, and the 1914 fire have given Salem what Beltrusis calls an aura of disaster. That spooky feeling in the city and at bunghole liquors can actually be explained through psychology. The Evolutionary Studies in Imaginative Culture, or ESSIC, journal analyzed why some buildings are more likely to feel haunted or creepier than others. One of those reasons is the age of a place. When a building is as old as bunghole liquors, people are more likely to think it is haunted. Because there's been much more time for tragic things to have taken place. This sounds like common sense, but someone did a study on it. Oh yeah, the psychologists really spend a lot of time on this. Well, as someone who has a BA in psychology, we could have skipped this. <laughs> also, a BA in psychology is basically like saying, I went to first grade. There's not really anything <laughs> impressive about it. You can't noticed, do anything with it. I noticed a sign at one of the stores in Salem that sold, and this is important for you all to catalog, uh, postcards that had been painted, books that had been written, pewter sculptures that had been sculpted, a Zippo lighter that said heritage, not hate, that someone made, 
And then, yeah, grown. And then a sign that said, I have a liberal arts degree. Would you like fries with that? And I'm like, someone knows art enough to make that sign. <laughs> the whole fucking store. I was like, interesting juxtaposition that mm-hmm. you have a bunch of books and you're like, liberal arts degrees are stupid. And I'm mm-hmm. like, who do you think wrote the books? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Also when a place has a legend associated with it. We're more on our guard in settings with ambiguous or sordid pasts. The same goes for places associated with death, which prime us with our own thoughts of death and put us on high alert. A centuries-old building that was used as a speakeasy while simultaneously housing dead bodies falls squarely in all three of these categories. It's the trifecta of spooky places. Got him. Sinisterhood will be right back. As spooky as the place's past, Bunghole Liquors lives on to this day. The storefront is still located at 204 Derby Street and operates as a liquor store. Knowing just exactly what they've got in the name, the store offers merchandise reading, Bunghole is not a dirty word. (laughs) Bunghole Liquors, we're not number one, but two T's. We're right up there. (laughs) And simply, I got it in the bunghole. My biggest regret is that we did not get a t-shirt when we were there. It was a very... You can order them online. I know. It was, it was an in and out thing because we'd been shopping all day. That was yes. what the reviews say. And we, ha- we had to get on the road. But um, you know my, my rule. If I order it online while I'm still in that place... It counts as me getting it there. Technically, it's a souvenir. Technically, Technically, it's a souvenir. And I just didn't order some random thing. Yeah. You You can also buy beer, wine, and liquor. But the age of the building makes space an issue. Visitor reviews sum it up perfectly. Small little shop, but the name makes you want to go in. Quick in and out. No issues. (laughs) And I love bunghole. (laughs) It is a very small store with... Two of us in there, it was crowded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed pretty crowded. We bought some cider. I bought some mm-hmm. Trader Giles brand rum punch in a can. Mm-hmm. The can was very cool. And then the other cider was called Magic Mood or something. Something like that. We got it just because it said magic on it. And then we didn't like it. <laughs> <Wasn't> so magical. <laughs> I don't know where that is. I think it's in the hotel refrigerator. Okay, yeah, yeah. Nope. Did we have... Eh. Yep. Okay, I can't remember where we've been because it all blurs together and I was trying to think did we buy that and then go back to the Salem Hotel but we didn't we took it with us so it is in the fridge it made it to Boston it made it to Boston yeah yeah so uh, we had a good time all around good time in Salem did we do anything else there oh it was a great time the bears mentioning oh what did we we had a lot of shopping bought a lot of stuff bought Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, witchy stuff Mm -hmm. I did there was a wonderful store that had uh, items that you got some stuff to cast spells with mm-hmm. and like do more practicing in, in magic and witchcraft. Oh, Witch House. That's right. No, house and the witch. other place with House Witch was great mm-hmm. and they were very kind when we had a disaster over quarters because there's a machine a that you can disaster. get a mystery crystal and I said to Leanne, you got a dollar? And she said, okay. And she gave me a dollar and then I needed quarters and the lady gave me quarters. And then everyone's like, well, I want a mystery crystal. So do I. Why didn't you get me one? I said, I just asked for a dollar. I didn't say what it was for. Anyway, 
It was lying by omission. We had like, I wouldn't call it lying. I just said, do you have a dollar? If you would have said, what was it Fun for? Fun stuff by I omission. Said it. it was great. Uh, everybody got their crystals. In the but end. the other place, I'm not talking about that one. The one that you got like the Cornhus dolls and things at. Oh, yeah. Omen? Omen. They had a wonderful thing in the back where you can leave uh, yes. notes to your loved ones. And we, we like both were altar. able to leave mm-hmm. notes. I left a note to my dad that said, dear dad, Tammy said you're always with me. <laughs> I I hope that means you were there when she was talking, because oh my God, LOL. <laughs> Love, Heather. So hopefully you got the message. <laughs> I also left a note to my dad, and I said, uh, I'm always looking for signs you're with me, and my eyes and heart are open. And then I immediately checked out, and my total was 6444. And she was like, oh, you have angel numbers. And I was like, what are angel numbers? And she said, anytime it's the same number consecutively three times. So I was like, mm. interesting that that just happened. Bam. Also, that shows how many crystals I bought at Omen. <laughs> <laughs> and spell it stuff. It was that much. But yeah, and, and a bunch yeah. of spell stuff. So yeah, it was a great time. We've had a great time here. Yeah, it's been amazing. Boston's been great to us. Bostonia, you got a really good Bloody Mary. Oh my God, we ate there twice. Twice. (laughs) We did. I don't know if you've had the tater tot poutines at uh, Bostonia, Bostonia, but good God. And the skillet of mashed potatoes. Holy shit. Man. Yeah, it was good. Real good, both times. Yeah, Yeah. it was good. We've had a good time. Yeah, well, so what do we think about uh, the old bunghole? Well, even uh, the gentleman that you were talking about that he said, oh, more stuff happens where my parents, he did say, he was like, ah, oh, the basement, though, man. We get so much on the camera. We get a lot uh-huh. of orbs on the camera. We see shadows on the camera. And that seems to be the general consensus is that, like, one or two things can happen in the store. And it may be that psychology of, like, an eerie feeling, like the guy that's only worked there a few months. You know, if you he- you have that reputation when you start your job there, you're like, oh, shit, was that it? Oh, was that my coworker? Was that a person? But I think when you have that space where it was actually bodies, I won't say they were desecrated, but maybe not like super respected. If you're like, chuck the old stiff over, give me a lick, like, you know, (laughs) pour me some. Or that's like the coolest way to just have your body out and about is everybody's partying around you having a good time. (laughs) The ghosts are like, where's the, why are you guys not drinking down here anymore? It's all a bunch of fucking boxes. (laughs) Uh, But I think that seems to be the place that it's more concentrated in. It's also the place that only employees are allowed to go in. So Mm. I know there's at least one of you in the audience willing to apply to work there, to get into, infiltrate the job, get down inside of it. Take videos and photos and send them to us. We need an insider bunghole yes, job absolutely. is what we're saying. Yes. Yeah. It, you know, it's hard to tell if it had a spooky vibe because uh, it was like the size of a closet. But it was, uh, it was still very fun. And there's definitely an energy about Salem that you just feel, especially like on the nighttime tour, mm-hmm. I was like, you just feel something here. Not bad. It was very, it was very good. But like... Just uh, kind of a, th- a thing. Like a nice vibe. Mm-hmm. I did do the um, voice where you, the ovulus, oh. and the only what word that get? came up, no bacon, which we almost always get bacon mm-hmm. <laughs> for some reason. This one, the only word that came up with was remove, which maybe was yourself from the store because you have been lingering here very long. <laughs> but yeah, so the spirits were saying remove. Mm. remove. Well, yeah. That was our time at uh, the old bunghole, and that is the episode for tonight. But if you've been to a live show, you know that the show is not over. Or if you've listened to a live show. Round of applause if you're one of our beloved Patreon members. Thank you so much. Thank y'all, first of all. Thank you so much. But if you are on Patreon, we do a little bit called Judge Christie, 
where we take grievances and then we rule on them. I have my gavel. Oh, by the way, this is Baby. We've spoken of Baby many times recently. Uh, and then these, we have yet to name our two friends. They're, it's just Baby and the Girls. Is yeah. like Chom- This is a much better movie already than Chompy and the Girls. <laughs> it's Baby and the Girls. Um, but yeah, so uh, what we'll ask for in a minute is for you to yell out, I have a grievance, and then someone will bring you a microphone. The only rule is no bummers. Yeah. And uh, just a few sentences of what your grievance is. It can be with somebody here, with somebody not here, with just society. If we need more information, we'll pull it out of you. But we like to keep them kind of short and sweet so we can get to as many as possible. And Heather likes to get us started with one of her own so everybody can get the wheels turning. So I, I, don't, think it's, uh, I don't think it's a shocker. I wear a lot of uh, T-shirts, usually like vintage stuff i have like a t-shirt with my grandpa's i have stuff from places i've been uh you know shows i like i see some folks in our donna laser shirt shout out thank you um, oh and, yes you know i have one of those too uh but the problem is i have kind of too many that i've even like marie Kondoed. i like rolled them up i tried them going up and down side mm-hmm. to side whatever uh, if i'm trying to find something that's not readily accessible i do have to i have to go through it a bit and then sometimes I just kind of tamp it back in, and it doesn't. And also, my dresser is from IKEA. Like, oof, boy, child, that was maybe like ten years ago, nice. eleven years ago, and it has been Sturdy. moved. It's been moved like six times, so it doesn't love to close. Mm-hmm. So I just leave my drawers open. Your drawers? Yeah, like my, the drawers on the trust of drawers. I just leave it open. No. And I think I'm allowed to do that. No. And Paris tends to just be like, oh, did you, oh, were you not finished? Did you mean to close that drawer? He's never like mean about it or like, some people don't close their drawers. He'll, or he'll be like, uh, and I'm like, nah, it's not going to happen, buddy. <laughs> Good luck. How, how open are they? Do you have to like shimmy around it? You couldn't just like walk in front of the dresser because you're going to bang your leg? Oh, my dresser, there's nothing around it. There's a free about a, you know, Well, it can't be because you got to have your drawers out. So you got to have a perimeter. From where the dresser is against the wall to the foot of the bed is probably six or seven feet. So okay. it's not like obtrusive. Okay. I could do yoga there. It's like enough space for me to put a yoga mat and stretch. Okay. So it's like plenty of room. How drawers far open are the drawers? Full open or like an inch? We're going to say between three and six inches at a time. And it's because you can't physically close them? Yeah, and it's wonky on the, you know, on the track. It's a little wonky yeah, no. on the track, so it's kind of like, uh. We got some of those, yeah. They ne- and, once, and then once you do it, you're like, I'm not taking this thing apart. No, and I'll it's like, die first before I take this whole thing apart. I was like, I'll never see wonky. those shirts again. If it does close, it just gets jammed in there. I'm like, oh, yeah, then you can't get it open. Then you got to go in through the bottom yeah, and so. pop up the thing, and we've all done that. I don't see it as a problem not closing my dresser drawer. He is, again, he's not, like, mad about it, but I can tell as a person who is much tidier and likes things in their place, it is irksome. Mm-hmm. So what is your grievance? I don't think I should have to close them because it's on my side of the dresser. So your grievance is you don't think he should have to tell you? I, to you know, I, I wish that he wouldn't make any remarks about it, and I think he's incorrect. He's allowed to close his drawers if he wants. I can I, get to things faster. I love you. <laughs> I am going to have to rule in favor of Paris. Time. For the following reasons. One... 
the drawers wouldn't close if they weren't supposed to close. So therefore, they're meant to be closed when not in use. Otherwise, they would just stay. That that's how it would be designed. It's just like, it's a, it's like a basket. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But a drawer, people like a drawer because you can close it. And you don't have to see everything inside of it. Uh, is, does it change your answer if there's glass on the outside? Of the drawers? Yeah, albeit a little bit frosted, but you can see in any... Even if it's closed, it's glass. This is true. This changes my... This... It does not change my answer that it should be closed. It does, however, change my belief that you should organize them even more if you can see into them. Because that is... What are you Googling? Trying to find a picture of it. Oh. Because that is, uh, that's like if you, in your kitchen, if you've got like glass cabinets, you can't just throw all your like shit up there. You got to have it looking nice. It is the shorter version of this one. Is that just all plastic? No, it's glass. It's like, it's like dangerously real glass. Oh. <laughs> I like that Ikea's like, we're going to put real glass in the rest of it's cardboard. <laughs> and if you, if you sneeze it on it, it all has to hold together. It's a three little pig situation. It's going kaput. <laughs> You're hosed, and there's broken glass everywhere. There's also a big-ass thick piece of glass on top of it, which is a bitch to move. This is just turned into me talking about You need about a new dresser, is what it sounds like. That is the perfect response. I think you need a new dresser, but with this new dresser, I challenge you oh, to take... Yep. So he's left side, I'm right side. I, th- I think, regardless of sides, you have... It's... it's your bedroom is your sanctuary and where you should feel like calm and I say this and our bedroom looks like a bomb went off it's ridiculous <laughs> but I wish it didn't and I keep my drawers closed because all this shit inside is a mess so at least you don't have to see it with the drawers closed I say get a new dresser but when you do that you have to like get rid of a lot of your t-shirts I've so been there's no problem in, in, in shutting it I went and I cleaned out the closet there were st- Skirts I had since high school, and I'm 35. <laughs> and I was just like, and so I was like, man, maybe five. Maybe or ten, I'll wear this again. Five or ten years ago, I was like, it'll come back. And now it probably has. Oh, uh, you know, some kid at a thrift store is like, fuck yeah, this is from Rue 21, mm-hmm. 2001. I'm like, yeah, kid, you're welcome. You're mm-hmm. the coolest kid. Your vintage Rue 21 skirt. I think mine. you get a bigger dresser, but keep them closed because. You gotta, when you're in a shared space, it's the Fair. right thing and respectful thing to do to be tidy. Now, if you both were messy, then it doesn't matter. Different areas, we're different. It's funny because we have different uh, symptoms of our different ADHD in different areas. So. Where's he messy? Um, he's more messy in nowhere. It's just me. <laughs> it's just me. No, he does leave his socks everywhere. Like, there'll just be socks. Yeah. Just everywhere. <laughs> just like randomly takes yeah, the socks. There'll just off be and... like a sock in the middle of the living room. I don't know if the dog gets hold of them and like runs off with them, but yeah, there'll be or just a pair of shoes like in the hall. Like you're walking down the hall and you're like, I don't wear these shoes anymore, and they just keep going. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I just pick them up. I don't care. Uh, well, yeah, bigger dresser or different dresser. I think we need a different. But dresser. Uh, you got to Marie Kondo some more on your when you get it. I will. I will do that. Thank you. Your Final Honor. ruling. I accept that ruling. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you accept it, but even if you didn't... Doesn't matter. My rulings are final, you can't appeal them, and my jurisdiction is global. Unlimited. So, uh, so if you have a grievance, please shout out, I have a grievance. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
I say start here. I've made eye contact, so I can't take it back now. And um, what I tell you earlier, I'm gonna stop. We'll we'll get to everybody. Well, but if we have the mic, we have the we mic. won't get to everybody. We'll get to a lot of people. Our friend is gonna come bring the mic to you, and then we'll we'll here comes get the to mic. everybody. Raise your hand right, up. We're going here in the front row. Here we go. Good around that big ass pillar. Thank oh, you. like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh. Tell us your name and pronouns, please. Does it work? Hello? Oh, is it on? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Okay. Um, my name is Tori. 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 She, they, whatever. Okay. So I really identify with baby. Nice. That's my gender. We all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I recently moved in with my girlfriend of almost five years. You? Is this you? <laughs> hey. Congratulations. Um, it's great. We love each other. We have four cats. We're very happy. happy. She has a collection. Speaking to the mic a little Give bit a little more, bit more she, Hello. Perfect. Oh, there it is. Yeah. She has a collection, Uh-oh. A, a curated collection of terrifying baby dolls. Oh, no. no. Uh, worse. They're antiques they're, makes they're, it worse. Don't antiques. say that. They're antiques. They're haunted as fuck. Yes, for sure. Sorry, right. They're Sorry, cursed. Right. She'd like, for, one of them is on a spike. You take it off and there's a spike Christ under almighty. It's <laughs> what it uses to defend itself and yeah, murder well, people. That's where she kept the cash for a while. It's actually really smart. Yeah, well. Because okay, if they try well, to put their hand in it, it's stabbing. Let me tell you something. One of them has a piece of its head that comes off. It's, okay, so here's the thing. She'd like to put them in the family room, in the, on the mantle. Where they'd be staring back at you while you're watching TV? Where they would be staring mm-hmm. at you. Eyes the, following you all the time? Where the TV is. Where, where, where you're I... You're trying to watch a show and I'm, you've got this haunted doll staring at you. I'm trying to hang out. I come home from work. I go to work at 4.30 in the morning. I'm trying to come home and relax and I have haunted You're not trying to get cursed dog. after a long day of work. No. no. I'm not trying to get possessed. No. You have to be at work at 4.30. I have to be at work at, at 5.30. I, work, I clock in at 5.30. I wake Gosh. up at 4.30. You wake up at 4.30. That's so, ghosty time, if, though, with listen, the cursed dolls. Listen, if I wake, if God forbid I wake up and those fucking dolls are walking around. They will be. And they will be. Or they'll they? just be a little bit closer every yeah. time you and, wake up. And then what do I do? No. And then you, what do I do? You, I move out? Uh, no. It's too late I, for you at that point. You get a really I, solid renter's insurance policy, you burn the whole place I, down. I think, I think so. I get the cats out. Yeah, so I is your grievance, uh, should she be allowed to leave these in the yeah, family the gr- room? Yeah. No. You should yeah. burn, you yeah. should, one, yeah, get rid the, of all of them. What burn them, drown them. <laughs> Go put them in a bag with a bunch of boulders and throw it to the and bottom of the, the, the harbor. The you, get, yeah. <laughs> you get a dresser and you lay them <laughs> face up in the dresser. We learned today you're supposed to close the drawers to a dresser. Oh, okay. Fuck, yeah, wow. whatever. Fuck that. So, I'm with you. Close. I don't think a drawer is... Uh, you can't... Can, uh, drawers can be opened. <laughs> you need it... So you lock it. It needs to be in a place you can't doll. get out. But you wrap... You, they maybe, have hands. Well, say, but you close the drawers, but then when you... The girlfriend wants to look at him. You can open the drawers and you can look down at him, and it's nice. It's like a little display case. As they get rid of them. What, yeah. What if they? What if also they open up. the drawers with their they little will. tiny baby hands? They will. You. Uh, you got to get rid of them. Yeah. How many are there? At least five. Okay, that's less than I was imagining. So speak, that's good. Speak for yourself. 
They go with my wet specimen collection. Your wet what specimen Wait. collection? Yeah. Can you? It goes with your what collection? My wet specimen collection. Wet? Yeah. What is a wet specimen? Like. Uh, <laughs> Does everyone uh, know what this is but me? And I'm like the uncool kid at school right is, now. We see like some. We have some things. Repeat what you said. Um, like. Like preserved animals and like oddities and bones. Okay, uh, okay don't boo taxidermy. Keeping I'm keeping it creepy. Also, yes. I have a taxidermy mouse that I myself taxidermied. It's, but they're dead. That's so taxidermy. I'm not here to collection shame. <laughs> See. So what's in your what what all your um, specimens? I have an octopus tentacle. Fuck yeah, man! Really? See? Yes. <laughs> um, an octopus tentacle. This is sad. I have a baby bunny. Um, yeah, but you didn't. You didn't go out and hunt it, no, and get a hold no, of no, it, no, no, and drown no. it. Or Where something. are these things kept? Just like on a bookshelf or in a case? Um, right now they're in a moving box. Because <laughs> they're moving. Because I'm not allowed to keep them in the family room. There's nowhere else to keep. You need Where would you place things... them in the family room? Are they? I don't understand. Is this just like a petrified baby bunny? Originally, yes. And originally, I wanted them on the mantle. And it's just, it's a no-go. And I'm going to keep pushing, though. You know what? This is out of my hands. I, I feel like... <laughs> You've been together five years. We You've started off with years? dolls. Five we years? ventured into something that's above my purview. How long have you had the dolls, and how long have you had the wet specimens? I'm stuck on the fact they're called wet specimens. <laughs> I don't, I can't get past that. Um, I actually, I think, started collecting after we got together, so I can't even defend that. But also, this isn't like it started five years in. You could have broke right. up way long ago. That's true. <laughs> See? Right. How about, how about, okay, you got five dolls, and how many of these wet specimens? She has... You have five? Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, here's what I think. I think you pick your favorite three of each. Yes. And then you arrange those however. Listen, she has... Yeah, we, it's a fresh move-in, so we're still... There's oh, good, everywhere. there's hope. Listen. <laughs> she, she has a space for an office. I think... Oh, okay. Study, put it yes. in study. Okay, I'll, I will build her a shelf. Oh, that's nice. Love. You can have, have a wet specimen do. shelf. Yeah. And I think, I think that's should, very nice. I you think put it live there. You know, like a real thick metal lock on the outside of the yes. door. Annabelle so when, style. When yes. you're done like, at the end of the day, you lock it in. You know them dolls aren't getting out. So mm-hmm. I don't get possessed yeah done, done. Uh, i think that's like know. i think that's good it's like what we do with ella we have to hide some things I because she can't handle it i so think it's fair i think that that's fair you get a uh an uh shelf built let's do two shelves two one shelves. for haunted it. doll shelf wet specimen shelf <laughs> and uh you yes may i request bailiff? that you send me photographs of your wet specimens absolutely thank you 100%. so much nice heather vtw at gmail.com don't put them in the show account she probably don't want to look at them <laughs> Uh, I got no. I want to look. You do? Okay. Yeah, send send her her to the show. At gmail.com. Uh, I, I want to look. I got you? some I questions. Know. I don't know if I you did you. or not. I yeah. got you. All right. Uh, final ruling. Thank you so Thank much. You, Thank you. I got some questions about wet specimens. We got answers. Uh, right. uh, who else has a grievance? Oh, you look. I'm googling wet specimens. Okay, we're looking at wet specimens. Oh, I made eye contact again. <laughs> You have to our counter, and then we got you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. Everybody else, I want to call on everybody. I have to say it was 72 bungholes. It was 72 bungholes. 72. 72. Man. 
I like that. Wow. I like that. Thank you. Seven Thank you, everyone that kept count. Do you want to? Are you looking at the wet <laughs> Yeah. Have you? You never been to the the Mutter Museum in Philadelphia? What did you? What Shout word out. did you say? The M U T T E R, the Mutter Museum. Oh no, I have not. At least and I took. It's like ninety eight percent wet specimens. Okay, now this makes sense. They are kept in jars with some kind of liquid. Okay, so they stay moist, I suppose. Wet, some would say. They should call them moist specimens, yeah. All right, I've seen what I need to see. Thank you for hanging out. And now that makes more sense. Um, And who do we have? Hi, Hi, what's your name and pronouns? My name is Erin. Hi, Erin. What's up? Um, So mine's a much less spooky situation. Um, but my grievance is I've been dating my boyfriend for two years, um, recently moved in. Uh, been, usually we go over to his place every weekend and we go to like a local liquor store. He's been living there for about six years. So usually we go in together. The lady like is obsessed with him, mm. which is great because I'm like, oh my God, maybe you can get a deal. He never gets a deal, <laughs> but it's fine. But every time I'm in there with her, with him, she, like, kind of ignores me. And then mm. whenever I'm in there by myself, she always IDs me and, like, just pretends I don't exist. It's like, ma'am, you literally saw me five days ago. Mm. I'm here. Like, it sounds like I'm an alcoholic, but, like, I'm here all yeah. the time. You're a regular. Know, she right. should know you. Yeah. And, like, I'm not changing my hair drastically all the time. Like, no. ma'am, I am blonde. I am the same. Nothing's changed. No, she wants to fuck your boyfriend. I, no, she, high key, right? High and key. now she knows your name and address. So. Yeah. And the, I'm... And so, maybe your schedule. Right? Give me your idea. I'm going to fight you. Yeah. So, like, what, <laughs> what do I do? I'm like, do I make my presence more? Like, I don't, nothing's going to happen. She's, like, literally invited him over to her house. Whoa. Like, this is the closing time. He should Bold. have some beers with me. And he goes, I'm good. Thanks. Bye. Bold. Um, no. So, like, what, what, how do I make this less weird? Because <laughs> I, I now live at that liquor store. Yeah. So now, so, I, then now also, you live at the liquor no, store. No, no, no. I mean, like that's now where I live. It's your new haunt. So, like now, that's like not just you have to. You don't want to find a new place. It's convenient. It's convenient. I want her to be more comfortable around me, but I also want to be more comfortable around her. Like, what do I? How do I break this awkward ice of like? Sorry, my boyfriend's. It, it's not. Uh, I think it is only awkward if you want it to be awkward. Like okay. if if you're just like, <laughs> yeah, this is my man. Yeah. fucking deal with it he's not coming home with you mm-hmm. for beers after your shift's over <laughs> does he say like oh i'm getting these these are for me and these are for my girlfriend like is he, i mean or y'all are in there together and he's yeah. like hey honey like half you the like... time we're there together and, and it's like, very oh, obvious what do, you, what do you want for tonight like, Baby. And I was like oh i'll have this one like thank you does she know that you're lovers oh uh, like i mean <laughs> I mean, we're not like making out in the app. Like, well, maybe you should. Like, <laughs> maybe she's like, this could be his sister, and you need to put a stop to that. And no, she knows and- my ID. We have different last names. That doesn't oh, matter. Yeah. Or like, Has she ever <laughs> seen you interact in a romantic way? Hold hands. Um, I, I, I am sure. First base, second base, third, third base. fourth base, <laughs> yeah, eighth base. I'm doing blowies in the back aisle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say, so Paris has a Starbucks girlfriend. Yeah, this is what reminded me of this. Paris has a Starbucks girlfriend that every time we would go to Starbucks, they would, she would draw like kitties on his cup and like hearts. <laughs> and like, would be like, how, oh my God, how are you? It's so good to see you. Like, would really, he was like, she's totally platonic. I'm like, that bitch trying to fuck you. <laughs> 
I was like, I'm going to that Starbucks. And we're going, I'm going at it. She's like so nice. And I don't like, know. I want my she fucking was. egg bites. She never was like, do you want to take some of this cold brew back to my place? <laughs> she never said that. So that's a bit of a different. I think that's more overt. What that he is did, very overt. Because I was like, I think she's hitting on you. And after he got married, it was a lot easier because he reaches for his Starbucks with his left hand. So he has his ring Heather demanded it. On his like, left you hand. You start picking up those drinks with your left hand. I said, you need to be like, thanks. This one's for me and this one is for my wife. <laughs> Still hasn't done it, no. So maybe if he would just like mention it, I would say a few times or whatever. What if, what if you wore next time you go in t shirt? Um, yes, so t-shirt? he's got to wear a shirt that says uh, boyfriend, and then you wear a shirt that says I'm with my boyfriend, <laughs> and then there's an arrow well, like, pointing at like, arrow tees, like, yeah, 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 like yeah. Disney. So there's no like, question about him. it, and yes. then you tongue kiss while she's checking you out. <laughs> Add some so most. there's no question that so, y'all are a couple. And then look at her and go, we're not related. <laughs> <laughs> Just so she knows. You gotta Just say it. You gotta you say it. Know. You never know. And then if she yeah. still keeps it up, fuck her. Like, you know, yeah. he's, if, he, if you're convinced he's, if you're good in your relationship then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And just be like, man, I got a hot man that everybody's trying to get with. It's great. It's or she's just uh, drunk all the time, <laughs> has no boundaries. But, or maybe he goes over there one night, nothing happens, but maybe then you start getting like 30% off. And you're like, this isn't that bad of a deal. You're like, babe, take her out for a dinner. <laughs> That's it. No, above the clothes only. <laughs> Ask her, her how much she would trade. <laughs> yeah, show her a good time. How much would she trade? Now, I think that's, a, that's the answer is a matching T-shirt. Matching T-shirts, tongue kiss. Eye contact, we're not related. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, final ruling. Thank you. Perfect. There you Thank go. You. We will come back to this side, but I think we should, there was some over here. Yeah, we got some over here. Go, go in the front, too. I've seen oh, these two in the she's been yelling for a while. Christy, we'll come and back. And then we'll come yeah. to the front. Uh, I know. Stop it. I'm white gonna... shirt in the back there. I keep Close your eyes. eyes when you look out at the audience. I need sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, it's constant sunglasses. Hello, what's Hi. your name and pronouns? Uh, my name is Sophie. My pronouns are she, her. Sophie? Yes. So, Hi, Sophie. Hi. Um, so my grievance is that my sister didn't get us VIP tickets oh, so that no. I could tell. Should that her sitting next to you? Yes. With her head hung in shame? Absolutely. Uh-huh. She deserves it. Um, because we're from Texas. What? Oh, nice. And the what reason, part? South Texas. Nice. So like what city? McAllen. Oh, very cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have a friend that he's a... Uh, no, he's but it's not like this happy parrot. <laughs> nice. Cool. Oh. Fun. Okay, but the reason that I wanted the VIP tickets is because I wanted to tell Heather that I, too, am obsessed with Selena... Fuck yeah. Like, from my entire life. And when I was six years old, my parents had to, like, gently let me know that she was dead. When you find that out, dude. It was horrible. It's like the floor comes off. I cried for two weeks. Yes. Dang. Yes. Uh,. Been there. That's that's a. How did you feel when you found out? Crushing. I remember distinctly in my room on the ground watching it on television and I was just sobbing uncontrollably. Watching the like I was watching the like a it was like a VH1 like oh. a docu- not a documentary but like some special on Behind it or whatever the music type and thing? I was crushed. When was she killed? 1990 96. 96. Oh, that's right. 96. That's right. Because I was at the mall. We remember the sister, the sister mall. The sister remembers who was at the mall. Oh, you were at the mall and found out. I was at the mall. I um, was unfamiliar with Selena, 
but I was in high school when she passed, and I remember a bunch of kids in my high school had written in shoe polish, R.I.P. Selena, on their cars, and I was like, did somebody die? And they were like, no, you idiot. She's a famous musician. And that was how I was first introduced into Spanish. I was obsessed. I sang in Spanish all the time. That's very impressive. T-shirts, went to the movie. (laughs) Crud. Accidentally wiped my face with the paper towel that the pickle we had snuck in was wrapped in. Oh. Harder. Much harder. Oh. Yeah. So um, is your grievance... Like all of us, that Selena was taken to from yeah, us well, too soon. Yeah, yes, and That's also well, the VIP tickets. I mean, it's both of them. Well, yeah, Two that you got to take up with your sister. Uh, <laughs> Trust me. I think we should do a blanket ruling that if your sibling gets you tickets, they have to get you VIP. Yeah, tickets. that's it. Otherwise, you're banned from Thanksgiving. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> you're no longer siblings, and then you can make out with each other. <laughs> hey, the liquor store. All right. Uh, okay, right here. Yes, you. I'm making eye contact with you. We, uh, you've been yelling for a while. I, what, I, yelling sounds aggressive. No one's yelling. Just calling out in a calling way that we Calling out in a way for. that you were like us to call on you. Hello, what is your name? Uh, hello, uh, Chelsea. Chelsea? She, she, her. Hello. Hi, Chelsea. I have a uh, food-related grievance oh, tonight. Oh, okay. Um, it's not as bad as the slugs, though, so don't worry. Dude, um, if you're wondering what Chelsea's talking about, it's a recent, uh, what was it, Am I the Asshole? It might have been, uh, it was one of our Patreon yeah. segments. I can't remember which one it was. It was a very traumatic story about some slugs. Extremely. Um, so oh, we had a Friendsgiving celebration. Okay. And we invited a, a lot of people to come by, and it was potluck. And so at the end of the night, I'm packing up leftovers and sending people mm-hmm. out the door with all this extra food. And I notice there's a whole pie untouched. And I go to my friend Greg, and I say, Greg, won't you take this whole pie home with you that nobody has cut into? And he's like, are you fucking crazy? I'm not eating that pie. And I was like, what? What's wrong with this pie? Uh, so keep in mind, I'm hosting this event, so I'm in the kitchen like the entire time while everybody else is having fun. And <laughs> so I missed the part where the guy who brought this pie arrived and is like proudly announcing that he found it on the side of the road. <laughs> A road pie. A road pie. That's what we call it. The road pie incident. A roadside pie. The road pie incident. And so like I come to find out that's the only pie no one cut into because this yeah. man didn't even have the decency to be ashamed that he brought a pie from the side of the was road. It, was, it, was it in a, can, a wrapping? Yeah, but still, like... No, I'm not saying that makes it any better. I just wanted to picture what was happening in my head. What kind of pie was it? I don't know. We didn't cut into it. We were just apple? 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 Okay. Yeah, it was apple. It was one of the frozen ones. A frozen apple it, pie. Okay, this man picked up a defrosted... Oh, he did bake it. No, it was. She just brought it in the fucking box from the side of the road. Yes, it was still in the box. So it was a raw. So he also gave you homework. He showed up with something you had to bake. Yes. This is like, was it? Who was it at your? Uh, Oh, one of my family member brought just a box of macaroni and cheese. Like three hours, three hours after the the dinner had started, and it's like we're on to desserts, and it's like, well, I guess we'll have it for next time. 
Yeah, this <laughs> thanks. This guy also brought mac and cheese. It's funny you say that. Was it made? It was like pasta that he dumped shredded cheese into. I was so embarrassed people would think it's fucking I made rude. It. No. Oh. Yeah, that's when you gotta go. That's uh, thank you. We gotta thank Brad for bringing this, right? Brad, <laughs> Brad made this. Thanks. My question. Well, I guess not question, but I'd like to make a statement that mm. at least he wasn't ashamed, and at least he told you it was from the road. That's true. Because it could have yes. been worse. That he could have just been like, I brought this apple pie. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not ashamed of like who would Brad. Have a secret? <laughs> Fucking Brad. Dude, Fucking Brad, is. man. Uh, I wouldn't do that, but I'm glad that he did disclose for sure that it it was found on the side of the road. To be a fly flying around Brad's car when he saw that on the side of the road and was like <laughs> just, and just pulled over. You think it was just one boxed pie on the side of the like, road? He was it hang on a, a minute? There are several. several pies. He goes, I suspect they fell off a truck or something. Or something. or something. Or Somebody something. Somebody's like, nah, throw it. So <laughs> he, but he only brought one. Just one. Which means the rest were at his house. Oh In a trunk or something. Yeah, he yeah he's going he's gonna to eat them for sure. Yeah, that's fucking. Uh, so is, what is your grievance? So essentially we've like excommunicated him from the friends group. This took a turn. I was not <laughs> expecting. That's harsh. Okay, let's, to be honest, like, Brad was already, like, on thin ice. Oh, then he brought a pie. Shocking roadside pie. Sort of like the pie that broke the camel's back. I'm very not shocked that he, I would have been more shocked had he gone zero to street pie, like, that fast. Yeah. So, I'm not surprised. It was, like, a slow climb to trash him. Yes, exactly. Until Mm -hmm. he's the king of Trash Mountain. So, he was out anyway, on his way. He was already on his way out, and so we just, like, cut him off completely. We RSVP'd no to his wedding. Oh, shit! (laughs) Damn! You know what you should do? You should send him a boxed pie as a wedding gift. Be like, you know what this is about, Brad. Yeah. Well, you yeah, happy trails. Some people say, like, it's too mean that we just cut him off. But I kind of was like, I'm fucking done. Well, it would be too mean if it was just the pie. But if it was a lot of things leading up to the pie, then, you know. I mean, I don't know what all the other stuff he... Did he just... It Was it all food stuff? No, he, did he just, just bring like you a, like chewed a, up food? A flaky, like, bad friend in general. We don't have time uh, to get into it, but... A flaky what? Bad friend. Oh, well, then, yeah. I mean, then I think it was the pie that broke the camel's back. Yeah. yeah. You know? He owed you a good dessert if you wanted to really maintain the friendship. It's Friendsgiving. Bring, you bring something nice to Friendsgiving, even if you're not going to cook it. At least go out of your way to get, like, a nice pie from a nice shop so it's that good. stayed on the truck. Say it again? Stayed, stayed on, on the, the truck. truck. Stayed on the truck. Yes, yeah. exactly. It didn't make it off. You don't know so, how yeah. long those have been on the side of the road. The pie is a metaphor for your friendship. <laughs> It was rotten and discarded. And you know what? He still was like, nah. And I think you went, no. No to the pie and no to you, Brad. Mm-hmm. And I think you show that you have boundaries and tell your other friends that just want more for themselves. Damn. Nice. Cut it off. Um, let's do here. And He's then we yelled do, several times. We have too. one here, too. And then up here. Okay. Our faithful counter. Both hands up. Like a child riding a roller coaster or an adult. Exactly, exactly. I guess anybody rides Hi, roller my name coasters is James. like that. Uh, James? Yes, he nice him. Nice to meet you. Um, I share a last name with your husbands, FYI. Oh, look at that. Better. James yeah. Brown? Yeah, that right. And a famous musician. You got that right. I feel but good. I like that you went our husbands first. Yes. <laughs> then James Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so my grievance is um, so my wife and I, we have a Brita, uh, Brita pitcher. Mm hmm. 
And I believe that there should always be enough water in it for both of us. Oh. Uh, and, uh, well, she can explain her reasonings if she likes. Uh-oh. <laughs> Defend yourself. Oh, she can I, explain herself. I agree, but some of our water bottles are huge. Like, basically, if the Brita filter is filled almost to capacity, it's like one water bottle. Uh-huh. So I feel I shouldn't have to refill it every single time we use water. So you're going like to a full trying. pitcher, filling up your water bottle, and then being like, fuck it, no. I'm out? <laughs> no, no, usually it's just like a glass of water. But his definition of enough for two people sometimes includes like our two big water bottles. And you just have to be refilling it every single How time. How much you use it are you are you talking like you need it seventy five percent full all the time? Where are you at? I it just it changes depending on what uh, receptacles of liquid we are using. Um, You've put a lot of thought I into have. this, haven't He's you? Ready? I have. We we've had this argument for I don't know seven or eight years. I don't know. Seven or eight years? <laughs> a long time. Followed you around like. Why a don't you just years. have two? We don't have room his, in our fridge. His and hers, Britta's. You get a new fridge. That way the, you're yeah, responsible for each one. You can have yours as full as you want it. She has hers. Well, that's a great idea, actually. Thank you. <laughs> that's why I'm up here with my gavel. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, there that's, we go. We solved yeah, that's, it. That's a great solution we to our problem. We solved it. You can get right. fun stickers, too, to put his and hers on the outside yes. of them, like they're monogram towels. All right, or our counter. Bun, we got a we got sinister hood sticker. Right here. Thank you. I like your hat. Nice. You're welcome. And we have a cool... I had to rep the 90s. Yeah. We is, that, cool. is, is that something? It's from the Rugrats. Oh, Rugrats. My brothers were into Rugrats. I was a little bit older, so I never got into the Rugrats thing, but I, I do know who they are. Don't worry, guys. I'm hip. <laughs> you guys know what wet specimens Is there a new are? Rugrats? <laughs> Isn't there a new Rugrats? Yeah. Yes. There was a movie not too long ago. Yeah, don't fuck with the classics. Nah, we all right. Nobody likes that. Classic drawing. All right, name and pronouns. Uh, Chris and she, they. I'm kind of gender indifferent. All right. Um, so I got two little ones. Uh, okay. Both involving my husband, who's not here because I'm with my best friend. Nice. Um, one is I have this weird thing where I kind of tick. It's kind of like Tourette's, but not. Um, and my husband knows that the Friends theme will set it off. And so he will do it just to get me to oh, start clapping. Because of the, because no one told me like. I'm not going to yeah, sing it yeah, because yeah, yeah. I didn't want to trigger you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just did it. She, she's you do it, it too? Night. No, she's just been triggering it for me. Oh. Yeah, she's, she's being a dick. <laughs> You're a masshole, right. is what you are. Well, right. no, we're from, we're from Maine. Oh, okay. okay. Maine we're, not, we're not from fucking Boston, <laughs> you fucking idiot. We're from Maine. There, there, there's a difference. We, we purposely separated ourselves from mass. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. That's how we are with Oklahoma, so we understand. Get it. Uh, yeah, so what it is... Just because so, he thinks it's hilarious, and I'm like, why do you have to keep being a dick about this? Uh, does it upset you when you do uh, it? It... It's, it's irritating because I hate the uh, constant feeling of having to do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I imagine that doesn't feel good. Yeah, because if you hold it in, it's a yes. like, buildup of almost like, of like, uh, like electricity. Yes, it's oh. very uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, until you do it, and then it ends up being twice as bad. After and you do it, it's twice as bad? Uh, well, it'll, 
if I hold it in. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, so okay. he thinks, and so sometimes he does it just because he thinks he's being funny. And I'm just oh, like, has, has he done it like a funeral or a wedding or anywhere where it's like? No, thankfully I haven't taken him to any of those. That's and a good idea. We've been together for almost six years and married for almost two. Yeah. So if he's just like scrolling through at night and he just sees friends is on TBS, we like he'll just play it. No, we'll be walking through the grocery store and he'll do it. Oh, he no. just sings it at you? No, he'll just do the clapping motion oh, to make me man. do it. It doesn't like, even take the whole song. No, it's just the clapping. Wow. <laughs> oh. Wow. I just watched a couple episodes of Friends the other night. That's just... stuff. <laughs> why I... No reason to share that. But uh, <laughs> what is your grievance? Should he do that? Yeah. My answer would be no. No. I don't love like, it. <laughs> If you were like, it feels so good when yeah, I do the yeah. friends clap, and he was like, hey, babe, and he did it, that's one thing. But if you're like, please don't do that. Um, well, sometimes it involves me like hitting him afterwards because I can't control what I'm doing, so yeah. he ends up getting smacked for you're it. Like, <laughs> which is well-deserved, it sounds like. If it's a playful, I was going to say, play the, uh, do the three claps on the old tukus and see if uh, oh, oh, no. <laughs> then he may ask you to do it more than, I don't know. No, have you, have you asked him to not do this? Yeah. I'm like, stop doing Oh, that. yeah. Then he's got to stop. What's no. his name? Cameron. Cameron. Cameron, I want you to listen to me. Please play this for Cameron. Uh, we will. And what was your name again? Chris. Chris. Cameron, knock it the fuck off. Okay? <laughs> Chris is just trying to shop in peace. I am not a fan of, like, if Tommy knows something bothers me and he doesn't on purpose, yes. I don't like that. No, we yeah. should all be the best we can for our partners. Yeah, and like if so, you know someone like tickles if Paris like tickled me and I was like, "Oh, it hurts, you know, I I twist to the side and it hurts my rib. Don't do that." He would not continually tickle me, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you tell me he needs to get on the Tommy and Paris level. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ask, um and also <clears throat> friendo. Friend. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. So you if you're given permission, that's what I was going to say. If, it's, if you're cool with it, then whatever. But if you're literally not cool with it, then I would say Cameron needs to knock it off. Which is well, fair. and we appreciate Is it all clapping or just the friends it, clapping? It's certain rhythmic clapping. Gotcha, <laughs> okay. Oh, see? Okay. Uh, well, um, Heather hates the show Friends, so uh, if you, she, this, she does. She doesn't like it. So if I, you I tolerate it. Yeah, you tolerate it. Okay, somebody said it was overrated. That's her beef with it too. My point was if you don't love the show, then like you don't have to worry about it. It would suck if you like really liked it. Yeah. But no, th- thankfully glad... I don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Like every time I have to watch it every night. Yeah. I, I would definitely skip the intro. Yeah, Netflix for the yeah. skip the intro. Uh, we can all skip the intro. It's we've all seen it and <laughs> it can that song can go away forever and I think we'll all be fine. So but Cameron in the meantime, knock it off, buddy. Come on, man. Yeah. Not okay. Not okay. You got one more? Yeah, I think so. All right, I think we have time for one more. Should we? Where should we go? Somewhere in the back? Um, right there. All right, Christy has chosen. I have chosen, hopefully wisely. <laughs> Don't let us down. The last grievance. It's the last one. This better be good. Hello. Hi. Hello. My name is Catherine. She, her pronouns. Hi, Catherine. Hi. So my grievance is simple. I have been dating my girlfriend for about almost four years. Okay. She refuses to go to sleep if the TV is not fucking on. It has to be on. I hate going to sleep with the TV on. So I think she's right here too. Hi. So I think 
I think I should be able to have a few days out of the week where we turn the huh. TV off before we go to sleep. I think solution. that's reasonable. Now, Heather can probably speak to this because she's a follower sleeper with a TV on type of person. Luckily, Paris doesn't super care if the TV's off or on, although he does prefer if the volume's off. They make headphones that are like a nice soft headband yeah. so you can lay and sleep on them and you can get a phone or a tablet. Or So I have my iPad for my old job and I set it up on my side table and then I just lay there and I turn the screen like lightness way, way, way down and then I can just play whatever I want and it eventually, it's so similar to sleep mode, it'll eventually die after like mm-hmm. three or four episodes. It's like not die, but it just goes off, you know what I mean? So then Paris is on the other side turned the other way. He doesn't even see it. And is like, this an option? I slept in I the love bed that. with Leanne last night because this is how things are on the road, y'all. <laughs> and uh, I, she, she had her iPad on her side, turned over with her headphones in. I was on my side with my iPhone. What were y'all each watching? She was watching New Girl. I was watching Seinfeld. So it's just the same. It's kind of just like same old brain. You know, it's yeah. not, I don't want to like pay attention to her. Yeah, but that way too, we didn't have to both go. I was watching Escape Room too. <laughs> she was watching Escape Room too. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that way you can have your own like, I like that. time. Okay, is that an option? Is that an option? The it headphones? Should... Wait, can we, may we speak to your girlfriend? Oh, I just want to say for four years, we have always gone to bed with the TV on. We I, think you, I think you're entitled to some silent going to bed time. You sound yeah. like I think very... so. Now, is it, is it like... You got with the iPad. You don't seem like you're sold because it's not the you like no. the TV, she the light of the, the TV, TV, the sound. She, yep, it is nice to fall asleep with the TV on. What I don't like is then when I wake up later and it's still on and yeah, it's very she never turns it off. I have to be responsible for it too, even though I you know what hate it. Bless the two of you for making it four years. You've made it. It's true love. That's true love. And you're a beautiful couple, by the way. Thank you. I think you deserve uh, some nights without the TV. But I think this iPad situation... Even a phone would work, too. Yeah? Is a phone, if, if we may, is the phone not going to work? It can work. Oh, it can work. Possibly. Okay. We're it's not the same, but I get it because you got to like hold your phone and stuff. But they make stuff for that where, yeah, we are saving marriages. You got to get a, oh, fun, yeah, this whole thing a is, little is, stand and it'll stay. That little thing's convenient like that. So, yeah, there you go. go. Sleep just like that. That's what you got to do. Boom. Every, the, solve your problems with gadgets is what I say. <laughs> tonight, you get, you get to go to bed in silence, I say. Yeah, that's true. I say you get to go to bed in silence tonight. You earned it. You Final earned it. ruling. Thank yes. you so much. You're welcome. Yes, before we go, we got to get a picture. Yes. Or it's a video. Scream. Thank you all so much for coming out tonight. You've been so great. We've had an amazing time so in fun. your beautiful state. Um, thank you so much to Laugh Boston. They've been very good to us, so please be good to them. If you're VIP, just stay seated. They're going to tell you what to do afterwards. If this is the end of the night, thank you again so much for coming. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Thank you guys so much. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost, so if you like what you hear, consider supporting this show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. 
As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those the rolling the airwaves and get into it tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode. Last month, we did the Bebop and BB TikTok conspiracy, and this month, dude, creepy-ass internet cryptid loab. Prepare yourselves. You also get patron-exclusive video and audio content like that video of Christy trying all the Bloody Marys, as well as Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christy, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and so much more. And patrons in our Getting Into It tier are also able to vote on a bonus content segment each month that they would like to see us live stream. We do it via Crowdcast, sit next to each other, Leanne comes over. It's a hoot every time. It's a party. Every time. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We open occasionally, and like Heather said, we host monthly Q&As where you can ask us all your burning questions. For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available, and those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag, like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, or a nice cozy hoodie for yourself as we head into fall, visit Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod, like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood, and follow us on TikTok and YouTube at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy, where are you at across the World Wide Web? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and on TikTok and Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm making the tweets at MCK versus the world, and I'm on TikTok and Instagram playing my sweet recorder at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shout outs. Caitlin Booth. Bonnie K. Banks. Morgan Phillips. ML in Calgary. Niazia. Helen Watson. Lenny B. Jennifer Kiesling. Holly Brennan. Jade Stinchcomb. Tori Triglone. Jexis Ortiz Valenzuela. Gremlin Girl. Sandy Bowers. Sunny Arujo. Celeste Ramirez. Sarah Speed. Livy Davidson, Bree Jennings, Joni McKern, Lindsay, Elizabeth Jenkins, Peyton Turner, Taylor Tidler, Jamila Syed, Alyssa Darga, Justine, Taylor Farnsworth, Susan Chamberlain Dawes, Charlotte Castillo, Janelle Ackerman, Olivia McCarthy, and Laurel. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We could not do this without you. We hope you pronounce your names correctly. We love you. We appreciate you. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. Wah-ha-ha. Sin-